Welcome, horror fam, to HHN 365, a Halloween Horror Nights podcast. My name is Mike, and as always, I'm here with my co-hosts, Duff, Jess, and Jonathan. Guys, it is Christmas morning. This is why we do this podcast, what we're filling it right now. I'm overwhelmed. I know. I live for moments like this. Oh, God. We have so much so to much. Go, go over, but before we get to it, as always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at HHN365, and on TikTok at HHN365Pod. We have an amazing d- Discord. The link is in the description, and we have a merch shop at HHN365.com, and you can always leave us a voicemail at 407 906 Four one three four. On today's show, we are going to probably focus in the entire show on the announcements that we got from um, Halloween Horror Nights, both Orlando and Hollywood. It's going to be spoilerific, um, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, let's let's get hop right into it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so first, we should state: um, not only will it be HHN specific, we are purposely going to leave out any other haunt announcements that have occurred, such as knots. And give them more of a dedicated yeah. episode. Fright Fest next nuts. week. So there's been a yeah, lot of stuff. So because Fright Fest did some wild shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but so next much. week we can let those announcements shine because uh, HHN we're HHN three six five. So yeah. So let's just get right into it then. Um, rather than starting with the huge stuff, the houses and zones, there were a few additional experiences announced specifically from HHN Orlando. Uh, the first of which that dropped the morning of the announcements is the Taste of Terror Dining, uh, which which is an event that I think caught us all off guard. None of us expected this to happen. Um, one, we haven't had something quite like this. Two, it's before the event starts. Yeah. A little crazy. Uh, but before we really dive into that, uh, here's what they have to say about it. Get your first bite of fright with an all-you-care-to-enjoy preview of select Halloween Horror Nights food and drinks before the event season starts. Select nights August 10th through 26th. Theme park admission for the same day is required and not included. Uh, so what this will include is going to be non and uh, non-alcoholic and alcoholic beverages, one souvenir Halloween Horror Nights light-up cup, one Coca-Cola freestyle cup, and one digital download of a photo taken during the experience. Um, all the food, as they mentioned, is care to enjoy, and that will be in kind of sample sized portions. Hmm. It's what, go ahead. definitely an interesting experience. Uh, like we said, we've never really seen something like this before. It's something before, you know, before the event starts. I think it's a really cool idea, especially to try a lot of the food. So, you know, you know, what you want to focus, you know, you're, you know, you only got so much time at the event and so much money. So what you want to focus your money on and buy during the event compared to what you're, you know, you kind of like, eh, I, I don't need to buy that. Um, but my only issue here is the actual price point. Um, it's a lot for what it is. Yeah, we haven't it's announced what... that yet. <laughs> yeah, I purposely left that part out for now. I was trying to build suspense. That's an elephant uh, in the room. Everyone, take a guess at what you think it is if, when you're listening right now. What do you think it is? <laughs> Times it by three, whatever you're thinking. I would say a very nice, reasonable price for this realistically would be like $99. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone guess? Bad. Everyone got it in? Yeah, it's not $99. No. It's $159. Whew. Yikes. Yeah. Wowee. I mean, everyone kind of said this online, and I know we talked about this like privately. 
they did this to capitalize on the YouTubers and all of mm-hmm. those people who hang out hoping for the tents to do a little preview. And now they just found a way to monetize it. So, you know, yeah. good for them. <laughs> it's smart. And no knock to the people who do do it. Because no. it's like, even if you are doing it for YouTube, like, you're finding a way to get an advantage for your channel. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, for us, that, that price point's a little steep, and we're probably going to avoid that uh, because we will be eating and uh, drinking those items during the event regardless. So yeah. we it's not like – I know a lot of people have brought up like, oh, but you can save money by eating it then instead of during the event. But I'm going to eat it again during the event. Even right. like the foods I don't really like, I usually try again. So – we... Is it going to save me money? No, not really. No. Do we know how long the event is? It's like, two hours. Yep. Two hours? Mm-hmm. For a hundred? They got me fucked up. I'm sorry. That is like, I know that's, okay, let's compare it to like what? Like a fireworks dessert party, I guess. Mm-hmm. But for... you're not getting, are you getting a show? No. no. You're just uh, there is no announced entertainment, but it does say, obviously, there will be photos taken. So I assume there will be... Whether it's just sets or there will be like a scare actor they bring out or something, I think that's probably about it. I I suspect this is going to be like a media night type of event, but they're charging for mm-hmm. it. That's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. all the the people who normally get invited to like a media event where they do like a little preview and have uh, samples of things, they just decided to do it for a couple of weeks long and charge for it. Like, that's what I get in my head. It's going to be, there might be a little, you know, uh, tiny little show. Um, the icon, uh, what we'll get to in a second, will we'll probably come out and, uh, you know, t- do a little thing. But you're mostly there paying for to sample the food and drink. Actually, that's that's a really good shout out to what it might be. Uh, mm. Funny that you bring that part up, too, because one other notable thing is this will take place in Soundstage 33 which is where in the past um, media nights have taken place. Um, so I wonder if media event goes back to Soundstage 33 this year. Oh. And with the way you just described it, Mike, maybe this is literally just like, well, we're going to do it one night. Let's yeah, make money off it some other nights too. <laughs> exactly. That's all huh. this is. They're just like, oh, we're, we're going to charge the YouTubers the money to do this so we don't actually have to, you, you know. We can. <laughs> and the thing is, we know it's going to get eaten up for like content purposes. So I think the first day, first couple days, uh, it, it's going to do well. I wonder how well that's going to sustain over its more than two week run, which is pretty crazy. I think it'll do well. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, people eat this type of stuff up. I, I have a f- feeling that. Th- that this is will probably be sold out every time. Every time, you think so? Okay. I do. I do. I mean, they could probably charge whatever they want for this type of stuff. I don't know. Like, there's just there's like, the exclusiveness of it um, is limited. It's a hyping hyped for this, you know, event, and then not not even to mention the content creators. It's going to be packed. I I don't think I'm going to partake, but. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be packed. Okay. I mean, I I don't want it to fail. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope you're right. Um, I think it's, it's cool in the sense that whether you do it or not, you will be able to kind of get a preview of what's coming to the event 
uh, via YouTube, Twitter, whatever it may be, um, from content creators experiencing that. I like that. That'll kind of get that full preview of food and drink, especially that early. Like it starts um, just 10 days into August. Like that's pretty early to know all the food and drinks and not just know it, but actually see what it really looks like and get reviews of if it's good or not. So it's definitely going to help the, you know, the, the lead up to the event, especially since we, we know everything now, basically, you know, there's going to be things that, you know, we learn more about zones as things pop up and more info about houses and whatnot. But according to the, you know, least regards to the lineup, we know pretty much everything that's happening besides maybe a couple of things. So having consistent YouTube videos, which is going to happen, come out, you know, reviewing the food, giving different opinions, saying, you know, what, you know, what's good, what's not good. Um, that's definitely going to help fill the gap a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and this also, I'd assume, I mean, now that the full lineup's out and all the extras are out, I think we could probably say for sure that Scare Actor Dining's not happening this year. This looks like sort of a, not a replacement of it, but just like a, a you know, sort of in the same vein of kind of what it was in a sense. And now there's no Scare Actor Dining option on the tickets now. I mean, yeah, it's not looking great for Scare Actor Dining, is it? But after our our experience with it last year, uh, especially with it being in Louis, and, and we just we didn't oh. think it worked. Yeah, I don't think we're too upset about it personally, no. right? But um, I know some people did love it, so that that would stink for them to lose. Just to compare, do you remember what you paid for Scarecrow Dining versus this? Uh, I want to say it was like sixty dollars. Yeah. So it's it's literally triple, just about. That's pretty much for the record. It's very expensive. I still think it'll be sold out every every day. Well, we'll uh, find best out. of luck, Universal. I hope it does well for you. Well, next we should just jump right into the tribute store, uh, which is always awesome. Uh, they I think they officially confirmed that it's uh, back in New York, which is great. Uh, the you know the Hollywood location. Did you know? Did have some really good sets and uh, and you know and stuff for the Jurassic Park version, but the layout was too small. The whole area was too small, and it was never going to work for Halloween Horror Night. So it's great that uh, it's moving back to New York. And as we talked about last week with the tribute store teases uh, that were in the Jurassic Park store, uh, they said now it's a you know a New York comic book shop, and basically they they said they said experience the tribute to terror by stepping into the pages of this original, terrifying horror comic book. And I think that is a wonderful theme for a tribute store. It's not something I thought of before, but it's uh, definitely something that could really lean into some really cool visuals. Yeah, I I get the vision for it, but... um... Compared to some past concepts, I do have concerns about how this one gets pulled off in what a tribute store experience is. Mm-hmm. Um, it does naturally kind of have the the vending aspect to it that would happen at, at kind of cons like that. So that, that kind of works, but mm, it's not the one that has me the most excited. I'll say that much. I'm excited just because I think I saw Skipper Haas on Twitter say that this is like the most excited he has ever been for people to see something he's worked on so he's really hyping up 
and that he's really excited to have people see what they have in store here. So I'm excited just because he seems very excited. Um, but yeah, that's, that, I'm excited to see this. Yeah, I, I saw what you were saying, Mike, that Haas was saying him and the team like have worked really hard and super excited about it. Also, my concern was how it was going to fit in the what was rumored, now confirmed vamp scare zone. I feel like a comic book store, it makes sense because it's it's in, you know, it says upstate New York. Yeah, I think if it's so there. I think it makes sense. So I was really concerned about that. And I don't think I really have any concerns now. I mean, maybe kind of seeing how they're going to do it, like Duff said, but. I don't know. I'm kind of excited to see something different. I think the horror comic and the psychedelic vibe of, of Vamp 69 are going to f- mesh perfectly. Like, Oh, is it going to be yeah. an ultraviolet yeah. comic? I mean, it doesn't oh. say, but I I mean, it, I think it fits pretty perfectly. It's definitely going to be have mm. that psychedelic vibe. It's probably going to be a lot of UV lighting in there. Um, it's going to be really cool. Well, that'd be beautiful. I would love to see them pull that off. I didn't even like make the connection before of those themes fitting together, but now I can't unsee it. Like that's, that's kind of perfect. Yeah. And if we get the return of ultraviolet represented somewhere at HHM, that's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. The next thing we got announced was that the dead coconut will be returning. The dead coconut club will be returning uh, with a new menu and theme uh, at CityWalk. I mean, not surprising to anyone, right? I'm I'm super excited. I thought this was expected. This was one of the the like one of my most favorite things of last year. Just like a new addition, Mm. and it didn't wasn't just for Halloween. It returned. I really like these overlays for the Red Coconut Club. They're very fun, Um, and I'm excited to see what we have in store. And I will say, over the past few iterations of it, they've really started to figure out the ops side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So. I know there was not some not so great experiences for people in its original in, incarnation because it just weights the amount of people, the hours, it just wasn't working out well. Um, so I think they probably have that a little more figured out this time. Um, and now that they've done it so many times, you know, they probably have a really good feel for the space they're working with and what they can do with it. So um, I'm really excited to see it for sure. I know the the store in Islands of Adventure keeps teasing like a red planet thing. Mm. Uh, like there's been many, there's, I feel like there's been more teases than not in that store of like red planet, red planet. I wonder if that's the theme that's going to be in the dead coconut club, something along those lines. Uh, Cause they, they, you know, they, they seem to really be pushing that uh, in that store. That's interesting. I, I haven't see seen that. that. I could see that. Hmm. Maybe I'll uh, go check out that store and if, see if any more Easter eggs have shown up on Tuesday. Not a bad idea. So maybe check TikTok out if you're uh, interested in keeping an eye on that. Check out the TikTok anyways. I mean, you should, yeah. <laughs> but uh, moving on, we we have to get a corporate thing in there somewhere. So um, <laughs> also announced <laughs> Peacock's Halloween Horror Bar. Halloween Horror Bar. Horror. Uh, <laughs> It will uh, feature themed libations with an ominous nightclub vibe, photo opportunities, and more. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is expected, or I don't, is it confirmed? I don't know. To go to Lombard's, the bar that we loved last no, year and have been no. super hyped about. Not Lombard. 
Uh, that's not, I don't think it's announced, but it, it's highly speculated. Uh, if that is the case, it would make sense why there's so many fucking trusses out there. Yeah. Um, and Definitely. especially like the lighting ones, why there's mm-hmm. so many, the nightclub vibe. Um, so I'm not against that. I'm against uh, the potential of, hey, we're bringing this thing to it. So those really great drink prices, gone. Yeah. That's my concern. Uh oh. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna have a peacock blinky cup, you think? Oh. <laughs> and it was like so chill back there too. Now it's gonna be just this an ominous ominous We're gonna be like Duff and I are gonna try to be talking and be like, so what did you think about our fellow? <laughs> and there's just a guy just dancing next to you. <laughs> Guy, it's you, Mike. Oh, what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's just right. every night is just gonna be that meme of that like guy mansplaining into the, yes. the woman's <laughs> ear right. meme. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, it, oh god, I'm I'm gonna stay optimistic, but I'm really sad that our our little uh, hidden bar is gonna have fucking laser beams shooting <laughs> out of it. Now. Have you uh, seen the newest I mean, we... Peacock show? <laughs> <laughs> It's just like paid plants. <laughs> I really liked Poker Face. How about you? Have you caught Chucky on Sci Fi yet? <laughs> oh my God, please. People came here to listen Chucky. to the full announcement. This is what they're getting. Literally every five minutes, there's an audio in that bar. Make sure to watch Chucky on, uh, on Peacock now. Oh. Uh, All right, we're going to move on before this makes us upset. Um, so Cabana Bay experiences are coming back, uh, of course. Why wouldn't they? Uh, this time uh, we are going to get Chucky's Twisted Playground as kind of like the attraction. Um, their description for it is, post for photos at Chucky's Twisted Playground, a photo illusion experience based on the USA and sci-fi TV series. <laughs> this is where it's going to Features- <laughs> Features five uniquely scary photo opportunities. Chucky's Twisted Playground is exclusive to guests of any Universal Orlando resort. Um, but also, the spooky Swizzle Lounge is returning this time, uh, featuring Lil Boo and the Pumpkin Lord's Lair. This is going to be fun. Why? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not upset. I, 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 they're, yeah. they're not going to kill off Lil Boo and Pumpkin Lord just like that. Come on. Look how much merch Lil Boo sold. I know. They're not done yet. Is is the Swizzle Lounge the same place where they had all that Pumpkin Lord Little Boo stuff last year? Uh, in yes. Cabana Bay? Yes. Pumpkins, yeah, that's right. That's the bar right in the lobby. I so will say they do kind of hype it up like it's going to be a bit more than what we saw last year. That's fair. Okay. So we'll see if that it does happen or if they're just saying that, but. Yeah, I like the uh, that it says photo illusion because like so last year we had the monsters thing and that was more photo ops illusions to me kind of feels like it's going to be playing with like depth perception, some of them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like that's kind of cool. Which the uh, one from 30 uh, Jack's one was sort of had experiences like that too. So yeah, but eh, I don't know if I'll even get to see it. Cause I don't think we're doing a, host- a hotel stay this year. Uh Oh yeah. Oops. If uh, anyone wants to let us mooch off your your room key just to see the Chucky thing, yeah. <laughs> let us know. Uh, in addition to the Cabana Bay experiences, there's also other experiences across uh, 
the resorts. Uh, there will be specialty cocktails, obviously themed to Horror Nights at various bars in all eight hotels. And there is another special experience that I found really interesting, and that's the Universal Monsters Gallery of Legends. Uh, they had it sort of last year, that, but it was focused all on Cabana Bay. Now it's going to be spread um, in all seven in the seven hotels. Let me uh, explain. Uh, go on a photo hunt to find seven different Universal Monster photo opportunities waiting for you in seven different Universal Orlando hotel lobbies. So uh, for people like us, they're encouraging us to like, you know, just to at least for me to go to every hotel, like in one day, be like, oh, I got my photo op with the invisible man, got my <laughs> photo op with the creature, you know, uh, that's like a fun little adventure. But for everyone just staying at hotels, that's a nice little thing to, you know, to say, even if you aren't in Cabana Bay, there is still some HHN there for you. Uh, you're not, you know, you don't just have to stay in Cabana Bay to get some HHN uh, vibes. Yeah, I like that mm -hmm. it's spreading. To every, I mean, obviously, we're not going to get huge things at each one, but I like that we're getting yeah. little tastes of um, dabbles, if you will, throughout. Hey. Oh, a dabble of monsters. Yeah. Um, I like it because it says seven. So that to me, that reads that Cabana's not getting one because there's eight hotels mm -hmm. um, and Cabana's already getting something. Yeah. So I think that's cool because it will bring people like. Cabana to me feels like the heart of like HHN weekends and stuff like that. Like that's where everyone stays. I know the other hotels, they, they are open late as well, but like, it's kind of cool that it might have people go to different hotels to maybe see these things and check out different vibes that they haven't seen. Definitely. Cause all the hotels are kind of cool. So. Yeah. I think it's a great idea and I will probably one day decide to just go check it out because why not? Little, little hunt, little scavenger hunt. Oh, that sounds like a TikTok to me. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> so that was all the other stuff. Um, let's get on into the houses. But before we do, I think this is where we kind of need to put a spoiler warning because when we talk about these, we're gonna talk about uh, little tidbits that we have um, taken from the announcement, from the press release, as well as the podcast. So if you haven't listened to the uh, Discover Universal podcast, which is the first official podcast, uh, we are gonna be talking about things that are are have been put in there. So if you yeah. are trying to just you know have the least amount of information possible or you want to go listen to that first, go ahead and pause this and come back when you have listened to that. Or if you don't want to listen to it, we'll, we'll spoil it for you. So it's up to you. We're about to get into it, though. On and then one more one more tidbit on that. Um, while we are going to go over everything they've kind of added from the podcasts, um, we're only going to really talk about the ones that involve the houses and zones and kind of leave the additional lore uh, for a later episode. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it in a lore episode, but we're going to focus on if, it's, if they talked about something you might experience in the house or a zone um, or a show, we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They did give us a lot of details on the podcast, so like the, I know that it sounds weird to have a spoiler warning for things we haven't experienced, but the podcast didn't have a, it had a spoiler warning, but I didn't think they were going to get that deep into something. No, they did. They get pretty pretty yeah, deep. So. so here's your warning. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who wants to take uh, the first IP and the IP that I guess was kind of the main reveal because it got the announcement video. 
All right, don't all jump at once. Like, I know this isn't our favorite. I know this is our favorite house. I'll do but... it. I don't care. You know, it's fine. So uh, it had a, a lovely video, and we finally got to meet the uh, the last friend in that FaceTime, I guess we can call him, the one with the headphones. Uh, so it was The Exorcist Believer. So the new film, which, you know, at one point it was on the spec map, then it was the original, and then it came back at the end, right? I think... I can't remember. On the, on the spec, spec map? map? No. Yeah. It no? stayed. Oh, it stayed yeah. the... Oh, okay. Well, we got Believer. So um, two missing girls have been found with no memory of what happened to them. But wherever they went, the ultimate evil has returned with them. Enter the most terrifying scenes from the new Blumhouse film. Uh, yeah. They said guests will venture into the other realm and see what's on the other side. And uh, do we want to talk about that video? Because I thought it was really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, might as well break it down. So I only got, <laughs> so I think it's kind <laughs> yeah. of un- until we get like, you know, the normal, this is our event video. This is probably, this is probably it. So, um, as you said, it, it was focusing on the, the guy with the headphones. Um, basically he's listening to, if you go back to the podcaster, he's listening to that podcast, um, talk about the legend, um, then he touches what was on the ground that he grabs? Oh, I don't it was know. like a doll. I yeah, think. and and oh. like it, the second he touches it, um, kind of the possession hits. He drops to the ground, kind of blanks out, and then uh, sees some wild shit, uh, exorcist believer shit, uh, <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> um, but as they always do, he's okay in the end, and uh, he'll probably die when we get to the full ad. Um, but I thought it was a really fun one. Um, you know, it, it actually felt like there was the danger there. Unlike when they've done the ones in the house, it kind of feels like, oh, anticlimactic. I was surprised there wasn't a bed. Like it was just other, <laughs> it was other scenes, you know, from, you know, yeah. or like other scenes inspired by what we saw on the trailer from Exorcist Believer. There was no bed. There was no, like any, there was nothing to really point you to that. It was Exorcist besides the, the main theme at the end. Uh, you know, I mm-hmm. think if someone didn't see the trailer, they'd really have no clue that this was related to Exorcist at all until you got to that, you know, you started hearing the do-do-do-do-do, you know, that that theme play. That's what it sounds like? Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I played a recording right now. Um, real quick, I did also want to jump back to the point where <clears throat> on the podcast they mentioned that uh, we will venture into the other realm and see what is on the other side because I I interpret that as being like when, when that happened in the poltergeist house where you actually go through and see the other side like you did not oh. in the film uh, so I think that is going to be an original take of what you will see in that other realm that makes me a lot yeah. more excited for this they're gonna you know they're gonna give us some you know we haven't even seen this movie yet so if they kind of add some stuff and make it unique. Um, I think that's fun. It's going to be weird because we're not going to know what's just scenes from the scenes from the movie and what stuff potentially could be original, like how Poltergeist went into an original direction. We don't know if they go into the other realm in the first, you know, in the movie, you know, we don't know anything about this movie really. Mm -hmm. Um, so it makes it definitely a lot more interesting, uh, at least to the eyes compared to if we got the original film that would, we'd know exactly what we were going to see over and over and over again. Yeah. And I mean, we, we all saw the trailer at this point, I believe. And you mm-hmm. guys that did 
last week discussed it, but it's, you know, there are plenty of places to go as yeah. opposed to the original. So um, it, we're going to do our hype list uh, weeks from now. Um, spoiler alert, this will be low, but I am more <laughs> excited about it uh, than I would have been if it was A, the original, or B, similar to the original. So yeah. uh, there there is some hype here for me. Yeah, it, it's a little higher than it would be if it was the original, even though I haven't seen the original like at an event. I know it's come before, but uh, talking about something I did like, I really like the merch. I don't know about you guys, mm. but I thought it looked better than the last it one. It was. For sure. It, it was definitely it, one of the better yeah. ones. I think it's better than... I didn't the, get to see it in person. Better than the Vecna sh- shirt, for mm-hmm. sure. I think it's on par with the last of us. To me, it's just the white kind of kills it. Um you know, mm-hmm. I'm not looking to have a wet shirt, t-shirt contest um, walking around the parks. Um, you're not? No, no, Damn. no, no, I'm not. <laughs> you really, you really strike me as just walking around. <laughs> no, that's why. I... But there was a nice glass. Yeah, the, a, a little rocks glass, um, which I like because I think the design that they used for the house actually looks really good. I just don't like how it looks on the shirt. It's kind of in the opposite way of it is in The Last of Us. Uh, and even Stranger Things, where it kind of takes up the whole shirt, like horizontally. This one, like, the width of the the graphic is just insane. Like, I feel like if I put the shirt on, it would, like, wrap around under my armpits, the graphic. Oh, like, yeah. it, just, it, it just fits so weird. Um, yeah. And it does... I don't know why, but the kind of the back logo of Horror Nights, and it's like kind of big. It just bothers me for some reason. It I hate the font for twenty twenty three. I yeah, it's just, I don't think it's a great design shirt, but I think the design on the shirt is really good. That rocks glass though. Th- that's oh, I bought it. That's really I, nice. I bought it. Yeah, oh, I, I did. I know you did. Yeah, that's really nice. I do. I do actually like the the logo and the design. And I think it looks really mm-hmm. good on like a, like a piece of glassware, for sure. Yeah, definitely. My only problem with the merch is something that's not the merch's fault at all. But it's just you know with Exorcist, the original Exorcist, you know you know what the what the building looks like. It's iconic. If you got a shirt that had that building on it, you're like, oh great, that's Exorcist, you know. But for this one, it's like here's this house, and it's like okay, uh, I don't know anything about this house. I guess it's important in the film, but I have no connection to this house at all. There's no reason why I'd want to wear this house on my body. So, uh, you know, re- you know, having merch out before the movie comes out so you don't really know the significance of, of what you're looking at uh, is, is a little strange, uh, you know. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a weird merch season for Exorcist Believer, at least for me. Mm. I, I will say what's funny about this, too, um, is that the logo having the two girls i've seen multiple people get tripped up and like confuse the mm-hmm. exorcist with the shining now oh like my they God, start yeah. talking about the shining twins in an like like it's part of exorcist um i i find that because we haven't seen the movie yeah we haven't yeah. seen the movie so but people are like trying to put something in their head that makes sense different ethnicities <laughs> well you can't you can't tell that on the shirt Oh, I again. I haven't seen it in person. No. I only saw a very tiny picture. It's so. it's kind of like a silhouette of them, so ah, okay, you can't really. That makes yeah, sense. yeah, I take it back. <laughs> they just look like two girls standing next to each other. Gotcha. But it is funny that they t- they just automatically 
get tripped up to like uh i know uh, yeah twins i know where that's from right uh-huh uh-huh yeah, yeah sure because no one's seen the movie and that's kind of one of the this isn't really an issue it's just a merch thing who cares but that's going to come into play in the house not that specific issue but just in general not having seen the property not the greatest still don't love i that. think in the in the podcast they described the house as like a trailer for the movie um, yeah. At least oh. until you see the movie, they they said like this is a basically a trailer for. We're trying to sell it to us. Yeah, they, they basically said they're gonna tell you like, uh, like the you will see the movie, so it's gonna get spoiled for you in the house. Mm-hmm. They talked about how they're gonna show all the big scenes and all that. So yeah. this is just to get Five Nights at Freddy's next year, because goddamn, <laughs> <laughs> is it worth it? Let's move on, please. We've talked so oh, much. Yeah, about absolutely. This. So the next. Uh, announcement we got, which was technically a re-announcement. We got Chucky, uh, the tagline "Ultimate Kill Count," and the oh god, yes, yes and sue them, dead meat, sue them. <laughs> yeah, apparently, Ooh, dead meat. Yeah, happy. he is, was wasn't quite happy because he was not involved at, at no all. Affiliation. Yeah, not at all. So, um, so the little blurb we got it says, "Chucky, the serial killer doll, is back for a new gore fest." He's hijacked his own haunted house with all kinds of bloody hijinks. You and your friends must try to survive his ultimate kill count. Uh, and then we got um, on the podcast, we got a little bit of elaboration um, where it says the house was built to be kind of like, it's going to be like a meta. It's like uh, they built a house to, to have like a Chucky haunted house and Chucky decided to show up and he thought it was stupid. And so he decided to actually like kill, uh, possess all the dolls in the Chucky promotion haunted house and kill the people in the haunted house. So it's like you're like in a fun Chucky haunted house that's actually possessed by Chucky himself. He like hijacks his own um haunted house that jonathan you have to go first you have you have to hop on this so what this feels like a completely new house announcement and it's weird because chucky was announced october 31st last year like that was the first thing we knew whenever we're talking about hg and we're like oh chucky was announced this feels completely different it doesn't just feel like and you know they say it's not a book report of the show or anything like that. It is a practically an original IP, uh, like almost like not exactly, but like the same vein as like monsters. You know, like they're taking this IP and they're putting it a completely original spin on it. They're making it meta. I know Murdy has hinted at that like a while lately, but I cannot be more excited for this. Uh, making fun of Halloween Horror Nights uh, with Chucky is super smart. Uh, having you know him possess the employees and and guests and and stuff is such a grand idea. I can't believe they haven't done this before, like as an original concept. Uh, but I mean, there's there's so much I want to talk about regarding this house. I, I I just think it's it's such a great idea, and it definitely made me way more excited for the Chucky house than I already was. This is this is just incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think. We've always kind of talked about how this is simply based off the series. Mm, don't know how excited I am about that. But they went all in, and it's going meta as fuck, the way Chucky should be. He's actually going to be at the event, at the house, uh, and actually fucking people up. So I this shoots way up my rankings because of that. 
um, I don't know about way up, but I'm a lot more excited about it uh, than I was before, like way more excited. So uh, I love the name. I think it's goofy yeah. as hell. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the concept. I can't think of a better way to take this IP than what they're doing with it. It's yeah. the perfect use of Chucky. It, it really is. No, it, it really feels like it. And I know, I know we got the announcement last October, but we got nothing with that except Chucky's coming. He has a show on sci-fi. <laughs> House is coming for 32. So we needed a proper announcement with the title, with the description. So this was the perfect way to do it. Bundle it in with what we thought was just going to be three IPs. Ended up being everything else, but I'm I'm really excited for it. Especially, I feel like it still fits Fast and Furious the best. Like, hmm. I just am excited to see what they do. Hopefully, we get something in that outside portion. I feel like Chucky. I hope we actually do. We yeah. could. So, I'm excited. We're supposed to last year. You could literally like make like it. It honestly. If they wanted to, it could just be like a blank area like last year and just have audio of Chucky going like, what the hell is this? What happened? <laughs> they just forgot to build this part of the house, you know, like stuff like that. Like even <laughs> that I would enjoy. Okay, I mean, that'd, that'd be, be that'd be better. Do you know what the, the vibe this gives me is like the Men in Black ride where you're like shooting like the fake aliens <laughs> at first and then the real yeah. aliens come? Like I feel yeah. like it's going to be kind of like that where it's going to be like really cheesy and hokey and then you're going to be like Chucky's going to be like, what is this shit? And then like, like <laughs> that's what I get that idea. I think it's going to be fun. Well, I, I, I mean, I could see them, like, the haunted house they're building for Chucky be, like, purposefully, like, not as, it, like, not as, uh, I don't know how to say it, like, detailed as most houses are just for Chucky mm-hmm. to shit on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love that, too. Uh, there's so many routes they can take this house. Um, and just, I, I'm so happy this IP ended up going in this direction instead of uh, just here's you know here's a book report of uh, of the show this is a much better way to take do we get a self-deprecating black walls joke in in, oh, in please. <laughs> i hope so i think that would be very I just, funny i hope Liv morgan's still in the house somewhere <laughs> just for me she'll show up every night it's happening uh, i hope so what what if they did what if they brought back something that they haven't you done in a long time and that's the plants in the in the oh, line because yeah. it, it says he's possessing mm. guests so what if I, like all of a sudden it gets walking and then they walk out and you know and and get uh you know either get killed by chucky or possessed by chucky or, or something along those lines to once again make it feel he understands it's the haunted house and nobody is safe including you or house attendants that could be scary as shit if you think it's a real house attendant that ends up being a scare oh, so for sure. the listeners who don't know uh jonathan referred to something that's like a pretty deep cut and, and it's honestly kind of like an urban legend if it's actually happened or not but there's this no, there, it's definitely there's happened. this thing that goes around in the hhn community where everyone says like back in in hhn six or seven or like way way long ago that there was someone in the line with us and like they made friends with us and then all of a sudden uh, that person gets like taken and like stabbed and it turned out that person was a plant um, that's what he's referring. Like everyone, it's just like this urban legend type type thing that in the HHN community uh, that there were plants in the line. Um, I I have I have not figured out if it's actually thing that happened in HHN like often. Like 
I have not seen someone it, say that like like that. It, is, it like definitely had there. There's even no video of a, one experience of it happening. Oh, really? Do we know what yes. year this happened? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it happened over the course of multiple years, but I don't think it's happened in at least 15, 20. That many years? I think so. So it was just like an early event thing that has happened. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, I mean, that would be cool if it came back for sure. Um, I, I know there have been reports that it has happened uh, more recently, but those reports, I, I don't think there's any evidence to back it up. Um, it could have happened. Definitely could have. Uh, but there's no like proof that it has happened more recently. Um, let's move on to the last IP announced for this event, though. Uh, one that we knew was coming, but got a name that we did not expect. Uh, and that is Universal Monsters Unmasked. Descend into the Paris Catacombs, where you and your squad will face a new horde of monsters. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The Phantom of the Opera. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And the Invisible Man. Um, ooh, hello. Uh, we kind of thought we were going to get, like, some of these, but, like, we'd get omissions. We, we got it. We got it all. It all happened. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. There's so many here. Um, <laughs> so real quick, before we get into it, some quick descriptions from the podcast. Uh, Invisible Man and uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are on the run. Uh, they end up in Paris, where, of course, you have the Hunchback and Phantom. Uh, you will not only visit the catacombs of Paris, uh, but also go out into the city itself, including the Paris Opera House. Yeah. And should we talk about um, the John Murdy stuff that he just talked about tonight here? No, we'll, we'll, do, we we'll do that on the that Hollywood, the Hollywood part. part. We'll say that because we don't know if it'll be in the Orlando. That's part, true. Sure. That is true. But John Murdy just, yeah, stay tuned because John Murdy laid out a bunch more for this. Yeah. We'll get to in about uh, two hours. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, the one thing we can say right off the bat, I think, like the only thing about John Murdy's uh, presentation that applies to Orlando doesn't look like doesn't look like it's going to be a part one, part two situation. No, no, we're just no. sticking with the nope. same story. Get away from our house, Murdy. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I just want two separate houses. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It's, def- so it's definitely a benefit of of, and I I hated how Legends Collide did it with the part one, part two. So I'm happy we're. I mean, going I back like the to, I like uh, the concept, but yeah, I don't want to see it. Uh, Jess, please. This is this is your baby that you've I'm been exploring. excited about. Go ahead, please talk. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, uh, first of all, this name I screamed when I the name is perfect for all four of them. Mm-hmm. It, it makes sense. I know we're not even going to get into that. Hunchback is in the motherfucking house. <laughs> so excited there there was a rumor that he like for a while that it wasn't going to be him it was going to be just phantom and i'm just so excited i i've been talking about it for months backseat monsters are finally getting their moment and i know that there are still people going where's creature where's creature i feel like we're doing these four because creature has to get his own house Mm -hmm. so just be patient can you let uh us paris people have our year, please, because, oh, my God, this seems so fucking cool. The sets, the I, I love Jekyll and Hyde. I really do. I didn't love the idea of bringing the British monsters over. But if we're doing it for the same reason Murdy is, and I know we said we we're going to get into it, but it's because Jekyll and Hyde and Invisible Man, they're on the run for malpractice as doctors. Hmm. So they run to Paris. So if that's the story in Orlando, too, there's just so many layers to this. 
I'm going to let someone else talk, but this is very high on my hype list. And I feel like after last year, it's a valid reason to have it that high. I mean, for sure. But do we, for a second, can we just talk about the artwork? Uh, that <laughs> <is> giving... <laughs> it's, not great. It's, it's not great, but like, you know, you can tell the theme they're going with, you know, they're making the monsters a little bit more horrific, like they usually do, you know, making them, you know, just uh, larger teeth and, you know, disgusting face and whatever. But then all the way on the right, you just got the invisible man kind of standing there. And he looks completely normal. There's nothing different about him. He's still wearing like the colorful suit, you know. It's just the, him. He's just chilling. He's just kind of standing there. And I find that funny. And my only concern about this house, I'm I'm damn I'm super excited about this house. Getting all these monsters that aren't Dracula, great. Um and <laughs> no sticking vampires. Them, it's it's sticking them into one location to sort of ground them is also like such a great idea. My only concern is all these monsters seem kind of, you know, you know, they're trying to aim for a scary approach. The invisible man is silly. It's a, it's this like, look at him. He's a silly monster, you know, and I don't know if he'll necessarily fit with the others. I'm interested to see how they do it. Um, my only worry is like, we're going to see like, you know, scary, scary, scary. And all of a sudden it's going to be like, here's the invisible man moment. Look at him go. He's so silly. And then you just go scary, scary, scary once again. Um, Did did you not like the blacklight effect in like Hollywood's like in the video? Obviously, I don't think you saw it either that year. But did you not like how they did it in what was that 2019, 2018? Oh, I actually thought it was pretty fun. Uh, I I did like I did like that version. I I hope we do something somewhat similar. But like especially for this story, if we are going for a more grounded approach um, and if they're going for a scary tone, uh, I I do wonder if he'll sort of break the flow for a minute, um, but we'll have to see how they do it. I could see a lot of like a, like puffing air scares, um, like he's around you but you can't feel him, or like you know hidden strings that you that are transparent so you, you feel them on you or whatever. Like that stuff could be really cool. I think they can pull off a lot of invisible um, sensation stuff, sort of like how they did with bugs, uh, really well. So you know, hopefully. You know, hopefully they find a good way to implement him, and he's not just like the the surprise Invisible Man fun time part of the part of the experience. Yeah, I'm super hyped for this house as well. I have to say, the only thing I'm slightly concerned about, and it's not a real concern, it's but I think for casuals, uh, Mister Hyde, the Phantom of the Opera, Unmasked, and uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, all visually kind of all looks kind of similar, unless if you don't know exactly what you're looking for. So I know that like going through this house, there's definitely going to be people behind and in front of me be like, oh look, it's and like clearly like the Hunchback of Notre Dame, they're going to be like. Oh, look, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Like, I can already tell that people are going to confuse them. They're going to be like, who is that? Like, I, I can already tell that it's it's going to, they're going to have to work pretty hard on uh, kind of differentiating who you're seeing. Um, but I, I think they'll be able to do it. No one's going to be confused with the Invisible Man. Though. <laughs> no. he's, he's, he's his own yeah. thing. Um, I think for me, the big thing that we've learned about it from this announcement is, um, not only will we see the city, which we've talked about, this is going to be the most beautiful house. The sets are going to be great. We do get to go to the catacombs and get that kind of claustrophobic experience. Um, so it's kind of a best of both worlds scenario for the setting. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. And 
I guess we'll move right on to uh, originals now. We got the rest of the originals announced for uh, this year, and we're going to start off with the bang, um, and that is Dr. Oddfellow's Twisted Origins. And let's just get right to the description here. Mm Mm-hmm. You won't be able to resist going inside Dr. Oddfellow's menacing menagerie of twisted oddities, but the price for you and your friends is steep. The cost of your souls to feed his immortal power, uh, which is really incredible. Um, just let's get into some things about that the podcast gave about this house before you know jump diving right into it. Um, basically, the story is that you're invited to an after hours show, you know, a show that's more dark than a normal, you know, a normal uh, carnival show. Um, you enter from under the bleachers and you get in and the performers, uh, they're, they're not doing silly acts. They're kind of just killing people. Um, and this whole thing is a setup. Uh, this whole reason this whole thing was uh, put on to get you into this, uh, this area is to, uh, so Oddfellow can take our souls uh, with an item that I'm sure many of you guys know from HHN history, um, the cane of souls. And of course, Oddfellow being so closely tied with Jack's origin, previously that's where we really knew him from, uh, Jack will indeed appear in the house, um, but it will be more of a, in a silhouette form. Uh, Dr. Oddfellow will basically kill him in a silhouette. Uh, So far, we're not sure if there's going to be like an actual scare actor of Jack in some point, but they did say he will be there uh, like as, you know, silhouette projection type thing. Um, And it will show the... The famous scene of uh, Dr. Oddfellow's immortal blood leaking onto Jack, uh, which therefore makes Jack immortal and gives him, you know, in, you know, now he's the Jack that we know today. Uh, and Duff, like, I know you and me and a lot of other people had concerns, you know, of this sort of being like a classic carnival type house, freak show house, and it wasn't going to, you know, m- maybe it wasn't going to have any enough differentiations to make it unique um to halloween horror nights compared to other haunts that have done you know this sort of concept many times uh but just the history in here making it seem like a story obviously the title his making it his origin um and putting you in the action not not being just normal uh acts but you know a setup to kill all these victims uh, i think and the connection to the lore I think this makes this house just like the idea of this house unbelievable and something I am so excited to see in person. Yeah, I think all the info we received kind of killed those concerns for me. Not going to lie. Uh, it's very mm-hmm. clear they're Same. not taking the traditional carnival approach, let alone really a carnival approach at all. The carnival is only a ploy to get you in. After that, it's over. Um, he is not a carny. He is not a ringmaster. Not one bit um he's a freudian character who um is as we're gonna learn i'm gonna save the stuff for later because different houses and zones are gonna tell us more uh but he is so much more um so i'm not i'm not i'm not concerned about that anymore at all i don't think it's just gonna be a scary carnival um thing uh mm-hmm. i think his character just from what we know regarding this house uh not only just the concept of what he is, but what he means now to the event, uh, like filling in the gap of why Jack is always around. Why hasn't he died? Well, he has died. Why did he come back? Why is he still around? Um, we know. Um, 
kind of answering questions about the Cane of Souls, which actually wasn't a huge detail of HHN lore. It was kind of a smaller thing. Uh, now they're oh. adding a, a shit ton of importance to it. It was kind of just a, a prop that existed without having a ton of meaning for the most part. Um, we're adding a lot of meaning to it now. I think the way they've approached the lore building here is not contradicting anything from the past, but just filling in holes and really adding to the lore. And I am super excited uh, for this house and Dr. Oddfellow as a whole. Yeah, definitely. And I, it sounds like they're doing it all like um, kind of Easter eggy too. It's not going to be like s- slap you in the face with fan service. It's going to be kind of like blink and you'll miss it type of stuff. Like the the whole scene where it's D- Dr. O kills Jack. Uh, they s- specifically say on the podcast, it's going to be like a, in a silhouette, like you, you know, look closely type of moment. Um, so I think that's the way to do it where it's, it's not going to be like this huge, you know, Jack, isn't going to steal the show here. It's, it, you know, um, he's, he's going to be in there, but he's going to be hidden in there for sure. Mm-hmm. I think another cool thing that we get from the concept art um, is that Dr. Oddfellow will be our first black icon. Yeah. yeah. So that is yeah. an awesome moment for the event. It's really important. Yeah. It is incredible. And uh, he is an icon. They've said he's an icon. They've uh, multiple times explicitly yes. stated this is not like a pumpkin lord situation where there is a you know there is a reasonable debate on whether or not you can you know put I pumpkin lord and icon status. Um, they made it clear here. Doctor Oddfellow is one hundred percent an icon. Yeah, we're not going to mm-hmm. go deep into the lore, but they have basically built him into the the lore of every house and zone of this year. Um, and 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 I'm, it'll be a totally different show. But yeah, he explicitly is an icon that has been built into this year and even it sounds like potentially other years as well that they're going to retcon him in so yeah he's definitely an icon and um all right are we ready to move on to the next house yeah. Sure. All right. Well, I'll take this one. This next one is the heavily rumored Dueling Dragons. We got a tagline of Choose Thy Fate. And the blurb says, Two warlocks of great power were turned into dragons after trying to take on Merlin's, uh, trying to take Merlin's spell book. Now you and your friends are caught in their epic ba- battle. Ch- uh, you must choose a path and a victor. Um, and then little blurbs that we got from the show or from the podcast is that they will be ba- battling and then uh, there's we're going to be through a fairy forest into a castle. Um, he says something about hate ice, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> they made a big deal about hate ice. I don't want to be sprayed with your hate ice. Ew. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly what that means, but it sounds crazy. Um <laughs> And then we had to can- cancel my Santa joke, but we get to talk about eight ice blasting. <laughs> Come on. They'll never hear the Santa joke. <laughs> no. Um, but then, so he turns these warlocks into two dragons called Blizzrock and Pyrock. And that there are four different endings that you could potentially get um, of the choose your fate style we and then that is kind of the main thing they have hinted to that it's gonna be like um like split paths at some point mm-hmm. um in in the house we don't know if that's gonna be from the beginning in the middle or near they, the end 
they did directly say that the path will be like after the battle, after they turn, you are going to choose basically who you want to go with uh, and see who the winner will be. Okay. So, uh, so near the end, you're going to miss uh, split hmm. off and decide if you want to. So it sounds like it, it'll probably be two paths. Um, and you'll have a winning and a losing scenario for both sides, mm, getting you okay. to the four different oh, okay. endings you could have. That's so fun. So you could choose Pyrock one day and he wins. Go back to Pyrock tomorrow and he loses potentially. Okay. Do you want to be Sounds blasted like really with cool fire concept. or do you want to be blasted with hate ice? Hate ice. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the fire. I, you know, I thought I was a Blizzrock guy, but I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't know about hate ice. Where was Blizzrock on January 6th? <laughs> this is so cool just as like i know we're all theme park people but like growing up in florida like dueling dragons was my was the first like i think uh suspended coaster i went on and i was obsessed with it It was my favorite ride and you know it, it left and here we are and now my favorite event has a house about it and i'm really fucking excited i'm not gonna lie yeah this is one i've been excited about since the rumors come out and that has not changed one bit and i will say a lot of people who have worked on the event kind of like hint at how excited they are about stuff on twitter and multiple people have come out and specifically stated how stoked they are for everyone to see dueling dragons so uh yes please cannot wait like you know how excited we were in case files when it's like oh the kitty cat club that's you know in universal the park that's so cool that they replicated that you know that's awesome putting park lore into into halloween horror night's house this is just making the whole thing park lore inside of halloween horror night's house um and i think that's incredible i don't have much ties with the you know the whole land uh what it was before harry potter came in and dueling dragons uh really at all so i'm not gonna have that much of a connection besides oh i rec you know i recognize pictures and, and stuff like that and i like the you know the sort of idea of fire and ice and stuff um but i'm really happy that they're doing this and regardless of my connection to the you know to the ride i think the world is so established and the ideas are so interesting and cool that it's not even going to matter i think this is going to be a beautiful house a um and hopefully, hopefully a really you know nice scenic house i think the ending is really cool uh or the you know the speculated ending is really cool and I just really hope by the way they're saying this description that they're, you know, they're saving the dragons. And once they show the dragons, they are going to be like just epic, like epic in scale. They're going to look great. I'm really hoping for them to hold those dragons until, you know, until you get to us, you know, like a, you know, a big scene and like, all right, we're going to show them both off now and uh, just make them look great. I'm, I'm really excited for this house. Definitely. All right, moving on. What's the, ne the next one? Oh, I want to take this one, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, rumored uh, right in the front of the park, we're getting Yeti Campground Kills. So this is confirmed. Another Yeti house. This is a lot of Yetis in a short amount of time. But uh, I don't hate yeah. it. I don't hate it. I'm not mad about it. Hey, I, I let, let's get into the blurb and then we'll break it down. So you and your friends are about to venture into a 1950s campground overrun by huge menacing yetis who rip apart anyone who gets in their way you must flee to the ranger tower to escape 
So this is a direct sequel or prequel to Terror of the Yukon. Mm -hmm. Uh, It takes place in the Rocky Mountains, and it's going to have some dark humor. So we found our our comedy house of the year, I mean, 1950s camping. It's literally going to be campy. No, not Um, laughing at that. Hey, I'm sorry. Uh, What I'm the most excited about, and I saw a bunch of people on Twitter... There is a family of yetis, yes. and we're going to see little yetis. Little yetis, <laughs> yes. little baby yetis. Ah. Um. So, what? What is this last one? Continuing um, joke. <laughs> yeah. So they they stated that you know how people have said previously that the creatures, including these, which should be Bigfoot, are not yetis. Um, the creator specifically called out that this has become a continuing joke because originally, uh, going back to what the sequel of uh, the slaughter cinema swamp ape should have been uh, should be the skunk ape. Okay, uh, they did not call it that. Uh, it Terror of the right? Yukon. Yep. Uh, Terror of the Yukon should have been Sasquatch. No, nope, it's a yeti. And now it's supposed to be Bigfoot. <laughs> still a yeti. Still a yeti. So it's like gotcha. this inside okay. joke. So every type yeah. of yeah. So every type of that creature to them is just going to be a yeti. yeti. Yep. I love that. I love that. I, I, at first, I wasn't excited to ha- continuously having yetis but at this point keep bringing them back every couple so we'll years. get an abominable snowman and it'll just be a yeti, a yeti. I, I do want to hear a little more detail on how they did originally fluff calling like a skunk ape a swamp yeti or if it was on purpose at that point that that wasn't described i, I i'm curious to know whether that was purposefully done or completely an accident yeah i don't know it sounds like it sounds like now it's a running joke, but I don't know if it now. Was. Yeah, now they do it on purpose. I just wonder if it started that way or if it was an oopsie. Um, but the house itself, I, I'm, I mean, I'm excited. I think uh, anytime you want to go for kind of that dark humor, I think like a campy's fifties kind of thing is always a good way to start. Um, we've talked about it before. The uh, scare zone they've had at uh, uh, Howl Scream Orlando is like some of the best content they've ever put out because it was about like camping in the 50s and it it was perfect um so i I think this was a great setting and i think yeti is kind of a naturally funny uh just property they have just the way he attacks and kills it just it just works out great um so yeah i think i think it's a perfect fit to be honest yeah i'm excited to have a house set in my uh, um home area of the rocky mountains because i grew up in the wasas range of the rocky mountains yeah so my favorite I've, range. I've done a lot of done a lot of camping up there um it's, uh, i'm very excited this is gonna be a lot of fun and they have explicitly said on the podcast that it's set it's it's not going to show it necessarily in the house but it's set in the rocky mountains they said that mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. yep i just i'm still i'm still kind of worried um, just because, you know, like, I understand that they are kind of different creatures, even though they're all called yetis, but, you know, saw it in Sauter Cinema, saw it in Terror of the Yukon, um, obviously Terror of the Yukon, which a much, was a much, you know, more, you know, bigger house and you got a lot more yetis in Sauter Cinema. But besides the location, I'm, I'm still kind of worried how much they're going to differentiate it from, uh, particularly Terror of the Yukon, I think they can. I think I need to see it in order to like fully buy into it because I'm all for those dark comedy houses. Those are usually my favorite of the year. Um, so this one I'm going to be, you know, just you know, standing on the side going, all right, I, I'm not going to have too high of opinion like yet, you know, or too high of a hype yet until I 
actually go see it. And then I'm very sure my tune is going to change really quickly. The so, minute, um, the setting changes for me. Quick question. The vibe changes. Do yeah. you think sequels shouldn't occur if they're the same creature of the original for some reason? Oh. Do you, it sounds um, like you expect a sequel to have different like main characters. Well, no, I just think it's too soon for a Yeti sequel. Just like, like visually I, seeing a Yeti this soon is kind of what gets you. Yeah, because like for Slaughter Cinema to tear the Yukon, that's fine because Slaughter Cinema was like a little room, you know. So it's like okay, now to expand it and make it sort of a different Yeti, and that's nice. But I feel like we kind of just saw it like in 2019. Granted, there was a gap, so you know, a gap year, so it might not feel as recent if we didn't have that gap in between. But I don't know, like seeing it again this relatively recently isn't something that I'm super excited for because i also thought yeti terror the yukon was very funny i saw that as a funny house it's probably not going to be as campy you know as, as this one uh but because they're sticking with not only the same creature but also the same tone i don't know it's just it's not something i'm super excited for but i'm not gonna write it off and i i am i do think it it can win me over very easily if it it can nail the humor. I feel like Yeti in 2019, Terror of the Yukon, I feel like that one was not trying to be funny. I think it oh. had some elements of comedy, but I think it was trying to be a little gorier mm -hmm. than this one is letting it off to be. Like, to me, oh, this feels like we're really leaning into it. Yeah. And I think the setting is going to be quite different because um, yeah. the, the Yukon is like cold and snowy. And yeah, the the Rocky Mountains can be snowy in the winter, but I don't think they're going to lean into the cold aspect of the of this. It's not going to be necessarily snowy. Oh, no. I think we're going to get make it rainy, rainy and dark. Lakes. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be more like your classic camp. Like think like cocaine bear type humor. Um, I think that type of stuff you're gonna get like yeah we're gonna be in a cabin type humor because that movie was was not great yes yeah. we'll, we'll see a cabin we'll see a lake we'll see like a boathouse or something like you know what I stuff like that like I get what you're saying Jonathan it, it does feel soon but I mean on a map it's been or on a map on a calendar it's been four years event years it's been three but like we've had sequels and prequels come faster than that before What's going to win so. me over, I think, are the campers themselves. Like, sort of like SeaWorld, you know, and how I feel like the most interesting part of that zone was like the yes. campers' interactions with you. I think I'm more excited for their reactions to the Yeti than the Yeti itself, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. They're probably going to reuse costumes anyway and maybe just change some colors mm -hmm. or whatever. So I, I think it, it is a valid like reason to be hesitant. Like, I'm not saying, oh, you're wrong. I think the setting is <laughs> going to do a heavy lifting here. As long as we can make yeah. this setting feel very different than Yeti Terror of the Yukon, which I, th I believe they will. Um, the, the actual monsters itself are just kind of a you know they're the MacGuffin they're the kind of they're there they're gonna be you know they're gonna play a big role but for me the setting is gonna do the heavy lifting here of yeah. and, and tell mm -hmm. the story as long as the setting is different it makes it feel different I think we will have a very different house um that I, I don't think we're gonna be like we just saw this um if we get a different se um, setting and then it sounds like they've really um leaned into that yeah and we'll get Definitely. some callback kills, I'm assuming. We have to get the hand through the body or the door or something. 
Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fun. I'd like for them to do the door, but to have it more frequently, if they can mm. figure out a way to do that. Without because I think that, door, exactly, like that door scare was one of the most interesting things of like 2019. That was such a fun and unique scare, but the the frequency of, frequency of it wasn't there and many people missed it. Like I think I only saw it once in my however many runs I did that house. So if they can if they can fix that main honestly that was my main issue with the Terror of the Yukon was the long resets of the scares. If they can fix that with this house, it can definitely make it a much better experience. And I did like Terror of the Yukon. I just think uh that would that would help this house tremendously. Mm. All right. Moving on. Duff, do you want to take the next one? Sure, why not? Uh, so this is one of like the first originals rumors we received, uh, and that's going to be uh, what was originally kind of called a Crossroads Robert Johnson inspired original, and we now officially have the name, which it was uh, most recently on the spec map, The Darkest Deal. Blues musician Pine Straw Spruce, love it, will have to face the music after meeting with the collector and trading his soul for musical glory. You and your squad learn the terrible price of fame. Uh, a few tidbits you would have picked out from the podcasts. Uh, this will take place in the Mississippi Delta. Uh, we'll be seeing this from the point of view of the bandmates seeing this deal be made. Uh, we'll be traveling around visiting juke joints. Um, the collector will be following us on our journey. Uh, the deal does get signed. And uh, as they quote, will we go down to hell ourselves? We'll find out. Yeah. Which means yes. Yeah, so we're going to hell. <laughs> another tidbit. Yeah, funny. another tidbit I picked up from the podcast, and they said that the collector is is a very loosely uh, going to be, you know, Satan, but the, it, he is mm. going to possess different people um, uh, throughout that you'll see kind of like the collector whisper into someone's ear, and then they will be possessed, um, stuff that type of stuff. So I think that is going to be really cool. I was wondering how they were going to have um you know the characters of this house like what they were gonna be looked like um i think this is a fun way to do it where the collector is basically gonna kind of possess normal mm. people throughout the juke joints and um you know the areas that we are brought through i think that's fun i really like how that they're doing this this house feels like a big gamble like in order for this to work this amazing concept to work. They have to nail the storytelling. They have to nail it. They have to make you like feel like you're in the story from the beginning to the end, make the story impactful. Um, that's really, I really think the story, even though in most houses, like story is also very important for this, especially it's incredibly crucial mm -hmm. for it to work. And if they don't nail it, I don't think the house will work. Um, but if they do nail it, I think this could be, you know, like there's a lot of originals. This could be the most, one of the most interesting originals like we've had ever uh, with how, like, you know, how detailed they're, they're leaning into this story. Um, I think it's going to be super fun. I'm very excited to see what we're going to you know, see inside the house. There's been pictures of the facade, you know, come out uh, that we're not really going to talk about, but they look great. Um, and I, I just, I really, really, really hope they can pull this off. Hmm. I, I 
am super excited for it. Yeah. But I do agree this does have the highest potential for just missing. Because it sounds so story-driven in the way that this is going to progress. That if kind of anything is missed just a couple times, it can ruin the whole experience. So that do would you know be, what it feels I, I like? I have that concern. It feels like Spirits of the Coven. Uh, I feel like oh God. It, oh, no. it kind of like, you know how Not it's going to start off slow and foreboding and you're going to tell the story. And then but as long as it b- builds, as long as it goes somewhere, I think this could be Spirits of the Coven done right. Where you get, the, you know, because, you know, when we're taking to hell ourselves we find out as long as that moment there is builds to the crescendo that um, spirits of the coven did not go to i think it's okay if it starts off slow it's okay if it starts off story driven as long as we build to something Mm -hmm. there and i think it sounds like that that's what they're doing in this house exactly i think you just have to hit the different points of the story and and have them described to you without being described to you you know you need to be able to see it happen um and as long as they do that uh like you said and and it doesn't hit the stagnant point where you eventually got in coven um it it sounds like a huge winner to me yeah i'm just worried because it's narrative heavy like you guys have been saying and that's that was spirits of the coven and that was my number one and we know how far Mm -hmm. that but just, you know, we've been seeing those facade update pictures and I'm getting more and more excited. I'm not going to lie. So, we'll see. I think it's going to be beautiful either way. It's going to be a very yeah. pretty house. So, I guess we'll move on to our last original here. Um, and the last house we're going to talk about um, that's that's been announced uh, recently, and that is Blood Moon Dark Offerings. And the description basically says, in a colonial era village, moon worshippers witness a blood moon at their fall festival. They take it as a sign to hunt down any non-followers, including you, and your scream squad. It's uh, back. We were so yeah. close. We were so close. I really thought we were going to get away from this. They had to stick it on the last house, right at the bottom of the page. Um, like, they uh. pretended it wasn't there, but it is scream squad is... Is right there. Everything else said squad or friends. And they're like, you know what? For old time's sake. (laughs) Love it. I'm I'm so happy they did that. It's it's so great. Um, uh, But we did get one little tidbit of the podcast. I will say this was the house that was talked about the least. Mm -hmm. But I also assume that was due to time constraints because even as the podcast was going on, there was like, like, all right, we got to get going. You know, we don't have much time Mm left. Um, but basically they said the colonial town has been dying off. So, you know, they think if they do this ritual to the blood moon, you know, good things will happen because that's how that stuff kind of works. Um, and I don't know. I, I think this this house has potential. There's not much info about it besides the description, so it's hard to get super hyped. But I, I think it could be fun. I think it could be like the, the title that describes bloody uh, which is great, and I don't know. I'm interested to see what exact route they take with it, uh, but there's not much more else else I can say because we don't really have that much information. Yeah, yeah. they they didn't say too much, but they definitely emphasized blood, 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 blood. <laughs> you think mm-hmm. this is the blood house? The bloody house? There's gonna be blood, uh... not just on the moon, but actual blood on the ground. 
I would love to see a spine rip come back to the event in this house. The other th- thing they emphasized a lot is colonial kill cult. They said mm-hmm. that phrase like 10 times uh, on the podcast. And and, and they only talked about this house for maybe a minute. Um, so uh, colonial kill cult, um, uh, blood, blood moon, um, fall festival. Those are kind of the all we really got about this, that you... Um, you were there for a fall festival and you are going to be sacrificed to the blood moon. They basically this... just said what the house description already tells us. We had nothing to add <laughs> from the house description. It in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I love like a historical based kind of a setting. So yeah. we'll see. I, I'm excited for what the sets could look like for sure. Very uh, almost Roanoke vibes for me. Yeah. In yeah. That sense. It could be the most Definitely. beautiful house of the year. It really oh, could. Yeah. This could blow us Ooh, away. I don't know, Mike. Monsters is going to uh, be staring you and I down uh, from across the I, park. I already know. I mean, we got some We got some spoilers from John Murdy. Um, and oh, if it's anything God. like that in, in Orlando. But we'll get there. Yes. Um, but the, there's some very pretty houses this year. This one could potentially be in there. Story-wise, I'm a little concerned, though, because we didn't get much. Um, I, I, I hope it. I hope it's, you know, it... Who knows what we got here? It could be kind of a claustrophobic house, or it could be giant sets. Um, we really don't know what we're getting. It definitely is different than the rumors suggested, though, because I know a lot of the rumors that floated around during spec season was that this was going to be involving witches in some way. Yeah, Salem witch trials. And it doesn't right? look like that. Yeah, I, it, yeah. I think it was because of the town and the pentagram, but I the pentagram could also have been culty, worshipy vibes. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the confusion was coming from. I think when people think of like blood moon and sacrifices, their their mind will go to like witches before like culty shit. Um, so I understand how wires could have been crossed kind of during that speculation. That stuff was kind of coming out. So yeah, it, it does make sense. There, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, I'm getting but more I'm like happy pagan it's taking vibes. a different angle. I'm getting more yeah. like pagan vibes than for sure. witches yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that was basically the main announcements. But we also got a little bit of tidbits as well about um, Stranger Things. Uh, was this from the podcast, guys? Is, is this where this we was got from the podcast? Yes. Um, that we're going to follow Vecna's basically opening the gate. Um, so basically, start following the Vecna storyline of Stranger Things. Mm. Um, yeah. Season kind of the way they emphasize it is it's, you know, it's not just his storyline that you're experiencing, but it's kind of the point of view of you are watching him throughout his progression of opening the gate. So you're going to be watching him kind of go and, and, and make it all happen. Uh, obviously encountering all your favorite characters along the way, as they also stated. Battle of <laughs> Vecna. Right. Yeah, but um, kind of yeah, watching him do it all is, is where they're yeah. coming from. It's an interesting take. Uh, I'm interested. You know, I'm I'm optimistic to see how it ends up uh, looking like in the house itself. Yeah, definitely, definitely interesting POV to uh, to you know to take you. Yeah, I think this keeps us only in Hawkins then, right? Like almost confirmed at this point. Like only following that. I mean, yeah, much. but I, I again, let's point out like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween, and and stating you're gonna see this one thing and this one thing only, and then you see some other stuff. So, 
That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, could they toss some other stuff in? Just be like, yeah, yeah you want to see some California. Yeah, you want to see some Russia. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to have Eleven in there somewhere, right? And Eleven is basically yeah. in that California section of it. So you're going to have to cut it around because Eleven is the star of that show. Like, mm-hmm. So you're going to have to have her in there. Um, so you're going to have to slice her in um, and go to California, even if she's just, you know, taken out of context in sitting in a, you know, like a, a, uh, what do they uh, they call it in the show, where she's just kind of um, in a tub. Uh, the sensory deprivation. Yeah, this tank. deprivation tank. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Uh, I'm rewatching the show right now. Yeah. We just started it over again. Yeah. Inside the yeah. Surfer Boy Pizza. Um, oh yeah, in the cooler. In the cooler. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you have to have at least a little bit of the California storyline. Do you need Hopper? I, I don't know. Need? Um, no. no. But are people going to want to see it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And right. the Demogorgons are only with Hopper. Yeah. And yeah. they have costumes. And they're Demogorgons know. and it's Stranger Things. They That's have to show idea. them. They yeah. have to use them. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we, we have a, a lot to uh, speculate on Stranger Things for the next month. We, Can we move on to the really exciting stuff? Yeah. <laughs> we've got some scare zone announcements. So let's, some, yeah, we got them all announced. Let's let's go right into it. Uh, who wants to take the first one? I can. <laughs> uh, Doctor Oddfellow's collection of horror. So the blurb is: Doctor Oddfellow will lure you into Halloween horror nights with a promise of immortality. As he lifts the veil on all the horrors to come, you'll soon realize that you may not even survive the night. So. Yeah, I mean, this is not where it usually is over in, what's, what's that? Production Central. Central. Production Central, mm-hmm. Minion Way, whatever we're calling it. Uh, this seems like it's going to be off to the side, like right in the front of the Universal Store and then over by Today Cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's trusses up and everything already, but I'm I'm very, very excited about this. Uh, they said on the podcast, Dr. Oddfellow at, front, at the front of the park, showing you how he can provide you immortality, combines characters from the other zones... And the different zones combined share his past. So we've learned he's kind of like a shapeshifter and a time traveler. Mm-hmm. And this is like, uh, oh my God, the Pumpkin Lord, I almost forgot his name, like times a thousand. Yeah. How he had like his hand in every zone. This is like Oddfellow is every zone. And they said he's hidden in every zone and you have to kind of find him because he's a shapeshifter. Yeah, they straight up yeah. kind of called this one the table of contents zone. They, 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 they he's they straight up said like it, it is. A, we've had them in the past, and this is another one that's going to be a preview zone of kind of like here are the little bits of things that you're going to see in the streets. Mm. I would assume, um, and we'll get it into why a little bit later. But this is the zone where you're going to see Doctor Oddfellow as like the current Doctor Oddfellow visual you expect to mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the icon, your interaction with him, the first one. It's definitely gonna be I'll have lower expectations just because at the end of the day it is gonna be, hey, this is our event zone, right? Mm-hmm. But instead of just being like, here's the houses we have or here's the zones we have, it's really gonna tell a story uh and have it all combined into one. So I will be more excited for it than usual, but probably just not as excited I will be for the other zones. Yeah. I hope he's mic'd. 
Like, I really don't. Ho- I hope they don't pull a Pumpkin Lord, where it's just the same couple of voice lines over and over and over mm-hmm. again. I really hope he's mic'd and can tell his story in whatever ways he needs to, and entice guests, you know, in whatever ways he needs to, and really make you connect with this icon. Besides, here are the list of a voice things he's going to say, and he's just going to say it in this order the entire night until the night's over. I hope it's more a personal experience. I will say, I don't want to say they implied it on the podcast because I'd be crossing a line there. They did not fully imply that that would be the case, that he would actually uh, be fully interacting. But the way they discussed it and the way I interpreted it is that he would indeed be fully interacting with you. So we'll see. I could be interpreting that wrong. Uh, they could have just been sounding a little more excited about it, potentially. And I, I, I took it and ran. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Moving on. The next zone that we got announced is Dark Zodiac, which was going to be in the Hollywood area of the park. The blurb we got is Dr. Oddfellow has entered a dark dimension to harness the power of the Zodiac and live forever. He twists the signs into malevolent beings who foretell your doom. As his star rises, yours falls. And then the we didn't get too much from the podcast here, but I think the main thing we got is that it's 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 kind of be a little bit of a like a kind of a find your zodiac type zone, but they're gonna be like twisted versions of your zodiac. So you're definitely gonna be able to like find your zodiac and take. It's gonna be a selfie zone where you can and um you know have a pose with your zodiac, but you're gonna get a dark, demented, twisted version of your zodiac. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways they kind of described it, um, or actually two of the ways they described it, is kind of like you'd see like oh, what would be like a, a, a person but has had like a bull's head uh, mm. re- replacing theirs or uh, some, yeah. someone with like crab claws. Um, so kind of, you know, representing what Capricorn and Taurus in okay. those ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. Um, I think this is going They also. Or Cancer. To- Sorry. Cancer, not Capricorn. <laughs> I knew what you meant. They also talked about how this, we're going to see him creating these creatures in his house as well. So we're going to kind of see the process of that mm-hmm. going into the zone. And this is what makes him, you know, live forever. So I'm very excited to see kind of the importance of this zone to Oddfellow and kind of where he is in relation to all of them. Do you know what vibes mm-hmm. I'm getting with this one? Kind of like the island of Dr. Moreau. Where like he makes mm. these creatures that are half human, half like zodiac hybrids. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be really cool. It's going to be, um, it's going to be really cool. I'm so and excited. One aspect that you'll get that kind of makes this almost like the the main zone. You kind of want to say at least regarding his story is that there is he has the mark of the dark zodiac. Um, and that's kind of how you'll be able to tell him in all of his shape-shifting forms is that he has that mark. Um, mm-hmm. So it, uh, they didn't really describe like how that would be shown in this zone uh, or if it really will break it down how it happens, but um, that shows the importance of this zone itself. Yeah, and they suggested that you go through the zones counterclockwise, right? Um, is that not said or is that important yes, to the story? Yes. Um because if you if you go counterclockwise, uh you're going to go because everything's kind of a different era of him. 
you'll get the correct order um in chronological order of those eras so um we will also move on going counterclockwise which would of course put us into central park uh leading us to jungle of doom expedition horror um Real quick, before we get into it, the blurb they have. In the 1920s, Dr. Oddfellow ventured deep into the darkest jungle, performing horrific experiments on nature. Now his monstrous creations are running amok and are coming after you. Uh, so first of all, of course, Jungle of Doom, uh, you could have found as a house at HHN 13. Uh, so this will count as a sequel or prequel, depending on timing, to that property. Um, but it sounds like it's going to have quite a different take. Uh, this is going to be about the origin of Dr. Oddfellow finding his power, and this was what leads him to craving to be immortal. Um, he's going to find a glowing skull, which they mentioned is a huge part of the zone and of his story as a whole. Um, and what you will see in this zone, they say, distorts the line of nature and beast. Um, so it sounds like some kind of like plant creature hybrid kind of thing is going on here yeah another one that feels a bitter doctor doctor uh, uh, island or the island of dr moreau type of like mm-hmm. creature experiments type of vibe um here i really I'm yeah excited. which is a as we go on is a huge uh, aspect of what dr oddfellow does this is just this zone is so exciting like we already have props uh you know popping up for this zone and they look great there are uh, potential vines that are going to be, you know, hung up like in the zone. Uh, I think Central Park is a perfect location for this. I think the transformations of nature could make for really cool scare actors. Um, I think it can play well with sound effects of making it like a dark jungle. I love the fact that it ties to the lore that it's important. It's not just a it's not just a jungle scare zone. It's an important jungle. It's something that really starts, you know, starts his journey. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I think, the, like, out of all the zones, this one reads to me that I will have, like, the best vibes for me personally. I think just if they can put good music in there, sound design, uh, you know, the sound of the animals, the sounds of nature, uh, just walking through here is going to be incredibly immersive and I I just can't wait. I, I'm I'm really excited for this zone. I think you just gave them their tagline for the zone. It's not just a jungle. It's an important jungle. Exactly. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I I think this this is a great addition to the lineup, mm. and um, I I can't wait to see it. Very um, aesthetically, I, I'd almost expect very Tomb of the Ancients type vibes going on there uh which is pretty Mm -hmm. exciting um i guess i didn't really say how i felt about the zone i just talked about what it was um i i'm i'm pretty stoked for this zone uh it's scratches a lot of itches for me i know just the jungle thing in general not you i i love that kind of vibe um and adding the amount of story they did with dr rodfellow in here uh, it it just sounds like it's a great experience it's not that i don't like jungles Mm -hmm. It's that just the just being a jungle with like animal like human hybrids was not exciting to me, and I told you guys last week it was because of the way that they handled the makeup in history past. Like I can't. I'm sorry. This though, I'm excited for. Okay, I take it all back. No, huh? 
All right. Hey, I needed a description. I didn't need just Jungle. I'm sorry. This is Barbie, and Jungle was just Ken. <laughs> so Jungle of Doom, I'm excited for. 1920s vibe, I'm excited for. I just love all of the lore. I feel like my hype list for Zones is probably going to be the most difficult this year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think I, I kind of know what's going to be the bottom. And then after that, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. G- good luck. <laughs> so uh, moving on to the next zone, uh, which is super interesting, uh, which is the one rumored to be in San Francisco. Uh, and that is Shipyard 32. Horror is unhinged. And the scripture basically says, enter a 1940 San Francisco shipping yard full of mysterious crates and cages bearing Dr. Oddfellow's symbol that has been in all the, the zone pictures. Uh, beware, his nightmarish oddities have now escaped, spreading fear and chaos in their wake. Uh, and we got some more information. Uh, this is basically Dr. Oddfellow's Pier 32 warehouse. Um, he is shipping in his creatures, but unfortunately they do break free, which, you know, makes the zone scary. Uh, it includes classic HHN characters along with new ones and for all of HHN history Dr. Oddfellow has hid in the shadows and dropped in monsters uh, which could lead to him pulling the strings the whole time you know regarding uh, past HHN original houses uh, you know why were some creatures in places that they were was it all a ploy for Dr. Oddfellow to gain power and I think this is really cool. The thing I'm most excited about is something very funny, and that is the similarities to Hellblock Horror. <laughs> um, just the fact that we're going to have classic HHN creatures in cages that broke out um, is is kind of really funny to me. But it will be different than Hellblock in that they're not just going to be behind their cages pretending they broke out. Like They're not just going to hide in them. Uh, maybe they will if they do the same San Francisco boohole thing they've they've done in the past but they're actually going to be out and about this time uh but yeah this looks really fun uh i do you know i do have concerns i never did in, like the the types of scares i've done like recently in san francisco with those with those boo holes uh but seeing classic asian characters and then connecting the dots saying oh my god there's there's this character Dr. Oddfellow must have used them in that past house to gain power. So now that adds to the lore. And that's way more exciting than, than just saying, oh, I remember that character. That's kind of cool. Now it's that character is now important in Dr. Oddfellow's story. And Agent in History has changed and or, or at least been expanded upon. And that's just epic. Like th- this zone is going to unleash so many, uh, like so many things. And I... I'm so excited. I I really hope, like you said, that there are a lot of moments where you look at like a specific like character from the past and go, oh, like it makes sense why it was Dr. Oddfellow or something, especially combining with other stuff you learn about him, I'm assuming. Um, and it's not just kind of like saying that, you know, it's like, yeah, they're just here because because they're here. Um, if it actually like makes sense uh, that poof. This will be so cool. So cool. If it doesn't, it sounds like it'll just be like, ah, creatures. Yeah, I really hope the monsters they pull from are are one that ones that like are very specific in one setting, Mm -hmm. you know, like just a a breed of creature 
you know, whatever breed of creature they are that can, that, you know, and we've had hundreds of houses, you know, like those in the past, like a breed of creature that just destroys, uh, whatever's in that area like that would make so much sense for oddfell to just get like a little crate a little cage just unleash him and just walk back out and just like whistle you know like oh i don't know what happened i don't know how they got there like uh i don't i I just think uh, this is such a cool concept and this is like this zone i mean this whole thing like i cannot believe they're adding so much lore to not only this event but previous events that's just that's just insane Mm. anyone else thoughts on shipyard 32 Uh, yay (laughs) um that one trust someone pointed out on twitter i wish i had saved it it looks like a crane that's kind of cool oh yeah crane shipyard makes makes a lot of sense an interesting prop um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I need to see more. Again, I'm just excited that Oddfellow is uh, is intertwined in all of the zones. So, still optimistic, but kind of on the lower end of my list. I think the 1940s San Francisco could have like a film noir type vibe. It could, mm. it, I think, it'd be mm-hmm. pretty cool here. Um, I, I'm hoping, anyway. I'm hoping that's what we get here. It could, um, could be really cool. I did notice something on the art which I don't know if it actually means anything uh, or whatnot, but there is a specific symbol, not the the main one that's in all the art, but there's like a different symbol that is shared between this zone and the Blood Moon art. And I, I don't know what that means, but maybe these places, these things are linked somehow or there's something linking all the houses and zones. I, you know, I'm, I'm not particularly sure, but it definitely was... Uh, an interesting find because I didn't notice that symbol in any of the other uh, arts besides those two things. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I have no idea what that could mean. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Who knows? But it seems it like just... it would. Like that doesn't feel like an accident, right? Mm-hmm. It feels purposeful. I have no idea how Blood Moon connects the shipping yard, uh, but I'd, I'd like to find out. It could add more depth to both of these things. So. Uh, hopefully we find out it during the season hmm. all right moving on last but not least who wants to take this one um i guess i will uh so we are gonna go to the long rumored vamp 69 summer of blood at a 60s music fest in a small new york town you'll jam to popular bands including the Pacific Sandals, with fellow concert goers until dr oddfellow unleashes vicious vampires on the audience they're out for your blood. Uh, some tidbits you got from the podcast was the background music is all classic 60s. Shocker. Um, there will be a uh, quote unquote vamp that you can find. His name is Erlo Wolf. That's actually Oddfellow in disguise. Um, and uh, Alato, who is kind of like the head of, of, of this group of vamps, uh, will be sacrificed by Oddfellow for his blood. Um, I will say some of this isn't known if it'll appear in the zone but it ties into this story completely so i thought thought we'd include it just to be safe in case it is in there uh and there if you go listen to the podcast simply the one about Oddfellow, uh the vamp 69 zone has the most going on um alato uh the vamp narrating uh they have so much to do with Oddfellow and his history they even do things that tie back to the vampire um 
kind of series. So uh, Castle Vampire, Vampire Bloodbath, uh, and also Blood Masquerade, specifically from Bloodbath's club, ties into this story, meaning that Vamp and Vampire are actually all one series. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, just kind of the lore building going on uh, intensifies with this vamp series. So yeah, uh, definitely go listen to that. To piggyback off of that, one thing they mentioned on the podcast is that you're going to find Easter egg characters from the previous vamps. So um, in different stages of their life. So if um, like a character from vamp 55, you're going to, if you're looking closely, um, you'll see them in this or a character from like a young version of a character that you saw in vamp 85 will be in this. So you're, uh, they're definitely going to be kind of like Easter eggs that throw back to the other vamps for sure. Mm-hmm. So how are we feeling about the zone uh, as we will experience it? I'm going to admit I was hesitant because uh, I was I was curious, you know, out of all the zones, uh, obviously, when you're reading it at first, it's like, oh, Vamp 69 is, you know, like it it feels different from the other ones because the other ones are sort of like, oh, very tied into, you know, Oddfellow. And this one just reading the description is like, oh, Oddfellow let some vampires out. It's like, oh, okay, they just needed, you know, they wanted Vamp 69 and they figured out a reason to you know, throw out Oddfellow in here just to fit. But once you listen to that podcast, uh, once I listen to that podcast, it opened my eyes and I'm like, oh, okay, this is as a way bigger tie to Oddfellow than I realized. And that excites me. That, you know, makes me a lot more excited for this zone. Um, I really liked Vamp 85. That's the only vamp I was able to experience. I'm a little worried that even though it's a different era and different music, it's going to feel very similar to 85 just because of the way the stage is laid out. Um, it, I guess it all depends on what type of show they do. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm excited for it. It's not, uh, it's probably like near the middle. You know, if I ever was make a you know list somewhere near there. Uh, but I, I think if they pull it off, right, it could be, uh, it could be a really fun zone. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, it's it's near the top for me just because I feel like I feel like the Woodstock kind of a vibe and vamp I get what you're saying Jonathan it can feel very much like 85 there's the, there's the stage you know we're not too sure like what everything else is going to look like right now there's just a couple of tents up but I just feel like the story and listening to that podcast I was so invested because just the the way that it was read and the perspective and everything, it was just really cool about how Oddfellow is Erlo and Alato was kind of just like, there was kind of like a power struggle going on between the two of them. So I'm curious to see if we're going to see that in the zone. And I feel like there's just going to be like little vignettes going on if these actors get as invested as it seemed they were in like 55. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I know that that's kind of like what everyone said it was, is they, the actors are really what made these characters come to life. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious uh, if they're going to give them all of that deep lore and kind of let them run with it. And I really hope that they do, because that could make for Zone of the Year easily. Yeah, I sure hope so. I, I'm a sucker for this type of stuff. I love um the musical hair and stuff like that Same. um i mike it's a musical year for us it is we won. i know i know i'm i, I i'm super I, I mean 
I'm as soon as we're done um, recording here, I'm gonna go put on you know the greatest hits of the '60s, um, and just uh, think about what some of the songs that we're gonna hear in this this zone. I'm super excited. So should we move on to uh, oh, our show, not shows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but our, our our one show that they have listed on the on the site, you know, there could be, you know, obviously the stage in Vamp 69 looks like there's going to be like a mini show, uh, like, you know, sort of like 85, something along those lines in terms of scale. Um, but in terms of the big show, there's only one listed, and that is... Nightmare Fuel Revenge Dream. And the description says, the show that sparked your darkest dreams has reignited. Get it? Because it's fire. Uh, Let your nightmares burn out. Oh my God. Burn out of control as the pyro and aerial performers fire you up. I can't read this. Uh, To the beat of uh, metal and electronica. And uh, basically all we kind of got in the podcast was that there will be more fire and a different dreamer and there's i don't know there i will say the the one positive of this is that it's probably it seems like it's a completely different show not like last year's that was just like sort of a revamp versions of 30 uh, this seems like while following very much the same themes uh it's gonna have different things going on which is which is fun uh but with like I was always okay with this type of show if there was something else to balance it out like ghoulish that very much did in my opinion until it went away once ghoulish went away uh it felt like shows were were lacking because the only thing you could see was the super intense show and unfortunately it's the same case this year the only show you're gonna see is the one that isn't much a break from the event it's just more uh I don't know intensity more fire more heat and I don't know. It's 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 not my thing, but I know a lot of people do like this uh, this show and uh, these types of shows. So I gotta say, nearly everything the podcast talked about, uh, they got me more excited. This is the one uh, uh, difference <laughs> where I uh, am now less excited because I think Nightmare Fuel, the concept and the, the talented performers, are phenomenal. I just kind of got fatigued of seeing basically the same show two years in a row. Um, but the, the like one quote we got from it was more fire. I don't want more fire <laughs> and a different yeah. dreamer, meaning we're going to stick to the dreamer storyline. No. Why not fully? We could have fully changed it and done something different. And anyway, it's still just a different dreamer. I, mm, hmm. I no. wish there was hate ice in this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I, I have hate, and there will be ice in my veins. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, again, I'm going to see the show, and I'm like, this is really cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. The performers are great. I don't know how many times I need to see the same exact type of show. There should be, like, a, like snow jugglers or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Give me something cold. I just, like, please no more fire. Yeah. It hurts. Tied into Dueling Dragons. Fire versus ice. Oh, and let me sit on the ice side of the theater. <laughs> I'm hot. It's Florida. Yeah, it's, it's a painful experience. It's not you, Nightmare Fuel. It's the weather. 
All right, that wraps up uh, Orlando's announcements. Guys, let's hop right in because we still have a lot to cover. Mm -hmm. Um, Tonight when we are recording this, um, a couple of days after when you're listening to this, um, John Murdy had an amazing panel at Midsummer Scream, which if you don't know Midsummer Scream, it's a huge horror convention um, in Long Beach, California. Um, They had a bunch of other panels, but we're going to focus just on the... Uh, HHN Hollywood panel. Uh, Jordan Murdy came out and dropped a bunch of announcements, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get right into it. Um, uh, I will say, to preface that, uh, the, they did have announcements on Friday along with Orlando, and that was just the shared IPs of Universal Monsters Unmasked, Chucky Ultimate Kill Count, and The Exorcist Believer. Uh, so there were additional announcements. Well, an additional... Uh, yeah, no, there's multiple announcements. Yeah, multiple. Anyways, let's get into it. Let's do it. Uh, who wants to start um, with the, I would say, the biggest bomb that he dropped? Okay, I'll do it because I'm fucking hype. Um, <laughs> I think we all are. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they have announced... Yeah, we were we, we were watching and talking in the chat. And it was just, oh my fucking God! Oh my God! He's <laughs> um, screaming. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Universal needs to announce everything like this for HHN. It's, it's so fun. It is. Um, so they announced uh, the original that will be located um, in the Parisian courtyard, which is Monstruos, the Monsters of Latin America. Uh, so he specifically uh, looked back at like El Cucuy, uh, La Llorona, um, and, and talked about how they have this long history at HHN Hollywood uh, of focus, focusing on these Latin American stories. Uh, and this is kind of the next chapter of that. Uh, this one, however, will not just be the story of one, but three. You're going to have Tlahuelpuchi, La Lechuza, and El Silbon, um, who are three creatures out- outside of Spexies and I'd never actually heard of. And these seem to be very regionalized uh, stories. Um, so it's going to bring to life... Um, it's not like La Llorona where we, where I knew the story. And I think, you know, uh, quite a few others did. Uh, we're diving into something that's, that's quite a bit deeper uh, and that's pretty exciting. Um, so it is kind of going to break these down into, uh, I should point out, he goes right into the house and breaks it down fully. So this one is very spoiler heavy. Uh, so if you were cool with what we talked about before and, and like details and story, um you might not be with this one where we literally are going to go through scenes of the house so just keep that in mind uh, and decide whether you want to hear that or not uh so the facade is going to be the cemetery of the lost this is something that we've been looking at uh for quite a while or at least half of it it looks great uh and we got a, a preview of what the whole thing looks like it was phenomenal uh, this was in, uh, inspired by graveyards in guadalajara and guanajuato um he also showed us the main character who will be also the narrator of this house. Uh, he's a grave digger who they will refer to as Muerte, uh, or death, if you will. Um, he's inspired by different depictions of death around the world. Uh, he will be outside uh, basically what is a pre-show, narrating the entire story of these three characters. Uh, Murdy also mentions that he will bookend the house. Uh, as, as is pretty common in houses in Hollywood, uh, they're going to set scenes uh, with like pictures or writing on walls uh, to show you what's coming next. Uh, in this house, that'll be done by Crip paintings uh, that were inspired by Oaxacan paintings. 
Um, so here we're going to get into the actual scenes. So uh, skip forward a couple minutes if you don't want to hear that. The La Walpucci scenes uh, include him transforming, um, which he is a shapeshifter. That's a huge um, like kind of feature of his character. Um, and that he also sucks the blood of infants, uh, which will be the next scene you experience. Um, which, if you've heard us talk about like La Llorona, um, that's something I enjoy when they do stuff like that. <laughs> and I, I wanted them to bring it back. And uh, sure enough, they are. I like when it gets super dark. Um, and, and Hollywood likes to do that. No, it seems like it's even darker than some things in La Llorona. Like, just sucking the blood of babies is is so dark, mm-hmm. and yet I can't wait to see it in a haunted house because it's gonna <laughs> like it's gonna freak the hell out of me, like in a good way. I love I love being like if I can actually be disturbed in a haunted house, like then they did their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. this like if they pull it off right and it looks you know like somewhat real, uh, and that's you know what I you know like somewhat like not just an obvious like you know doll um it's it's gonna just shake me to my core and just like la llorona did when it like the big monster was like eating children so uh i cannot wait to to uh to not like to witness that (laughs) now correct me if i'm wrong john marty said that there are male um tawel poochies and female tawel poochies Mm -hmm. but we're gonna focus on the female tawel poochie um correct is that's what he said he showed sculpts of both so i believe both are going to be in the house okay so we're going to get both male and female iterations of this folklore uh character i think so that's it he did show a lot of the makeup concepts and like where the sculpts were at or where they were like recently it was a lot of detail man i'm really excited like the level that they're putting into this house alone i'm i'm so excited Mm-hmm. Um, but next we're going to move on to La Lechuza's representation in the house um, and what we saw visually <laughs> I yeah. was so fucking excited uh, one uh, there will be a nest for La Lechuza uh, this will be a nest adorned by the bones of their victims um, also there will be a massive animatronic of La Lechuza uh, that they actually showed in scale with a, a human. Um, I couldn't read what the heights or anything were, but it was a good few Big feet huge. taller than a human. Yeah. So, Big girl. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it's super exciting. Um, and then finishing off El Silbon, uh, we're going to go into uh, their village. Uh, so you're going to visit a pulcaria, which is kind of like a, a saloon a is bar. the best way he yeah. described it. Yeah. Um, and also a butcher shop next to it. Uh, so you can mix the pulque, which is uh, a, like a cactus milk drink. Um, and then uh, some blood as well. Um, so what they're going to do uh, is... At the Pucaria, uh, basically, El Silbon is going to uh, <laughs> drink pulque uh, through these uh, bar goers' navels. Yikes. <laughs> um, and if you are. Tommy shots. <laughs> as was common in saloons, uh, also at Pucarias, uh, there will be womanizers. Uh, he's not just going to let you off that easy, if you want to call it easy. He will uh, rip you limb from limb and <laughs> keep your parts in the sack. 
Um, <laughs> now we saw the sack. It's not a sack that you'd imagine. It's this it's sack. like a fucking like a Hobbit house. You and we yeah. will enter it. It is a, a sack that is so large that we will get to walk in and experience the sack. I like that you called it a Hobbit house because that's really what it. Looks <laughs> that's like what it looked like. But but yeah, it was just Murdy standing on stage in seriousness, just saying, "Yeah, you enter his sack." <laughs> just staring. His large sack. He's a very, his large very, sack. Large sack. Oh, I'm so excited. But yeah, this um, this feels a lot like vibe-wise La Llorona. The intensity levels are like La Llorona. Everything's just super depictive of gruesome images and i uh, i cannot wait um I, I think i have a contender for my favorite hollywood house ever a contender for my most hyped house period for this year anywhere um i i cannot describe how excited i am yeah one thing john murdy specifically said is elsa bone um likes to target drunkards and womanizers Mm-hmm. Um, ex- ex- explicitly so that is that it's going to be a lot of fun i think this is going to be a fun portion of this this house this house if nothing else was announced uh would still get me you know encourage me to buy a ticket and go to california just the stuff he showed the sets already look unbelievable it's like they almost look like i don't know scarecrow level sets uh with how detailed all the the, the walls are and the and the you know the stuff on them and all the all the things you know shoved in you know in the walls and stuff like that um they look incredibly detailed the this little the story looks phenomenal the set pieces that were shown and i mean especially that uh that lalachusa nest looked like like i couldn't even believe it with my own eyes looking at it it's like oh my god they're gonna do this this is incredible uh, this just, uh, I am so happy that this is happening. And I'm really also happy that it's not just La Lechuza, like, which, which was being rumored for a while. I'm happy that it's the three, uh, three characters and I can't wait to experience, uh, their stories. And I think another big factor for me of why I'm so excited about this is he focused so much on how much inspiration they took from like real life settings um so visually not only should this look amazing but it it should have this realistic feel to it you know like it'll keep Mm -hmm. you grounded and that that's kind of the scariest thing you know when it it doesn't pull you away into a fantasy land um but it feels like it's it's a real occurring thing like la llorona and why that was so unsettling um and it feels like it can really replicate it here um but as usual, the Parisian Courtyard House will dump out into French Street. Will there will be a scare zone? Who would like to talk about uh, this awesome sounding scare zone? Well, we didn't. Uh, uh, I... We didn't have um, Rosetta Stone lessons on how to pronounce these <laughs> people. We okay, uh, Jess, would you <laughs> oh, like to take I'm the so next sorry. one? Yes. I I'm I'm so sorry. I was I was looking at the one below it because yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> El Terror de las Momias um, on French Street. So it's inspired by fifties Mexican horror. <laughs> so they created their own multiverse of fake movies. So uh, translated, they are the mummy that couldn't die, the mummy versus the undead skeletons, 
Revenge of the Mummy. And yes, he he did kind of do a little elbow <laughs> at that one. Uh, Escape from the Mummy's Crypt, Blood of the Skeleton Queen, The Mummy versus the Skeleton Queen, and Village of the Undead. And as he kind of said these, he's like, the movies got worse and worse and worse. And at the end, they said, you know, just Village of the Undead, everyone's kind of there. <laughs> Uh, and Muerte dug up an ancient Aztec burial site and unleashed undead warriors on the village, turning the villagers undead. Mm. Mm. So. This is going to visually be so cool. It's, yeah. I'm so, it combines what's so great about the house and then adds in like cheesy B-horror, mm-hmm. like yes. a la Slaughter Cinema. <laughs> I it's cannot so wait. Oh my God. Hollywood, uh, I, you know, I knock you, but this is this sounds phenomenal. Uh, you're doing made. it. They're doing it right this year. I feel like everything is just so exciting. Yeah, this zone sounds really fun, um, especially being dumped right into it. That's always like one of my favorite parts about this house location is that they can just expand the vibes of the house or the story, depending um, with this zone. Uh, this seems like it's going to be funny. It's going to be fun. It's going to be immersive. I am assuming they're kind of going to go the same route with how it's laid out like they've been doing the past couple of years. Um, but I hope that the, you know, the the videos, the music, the, the characters can make up for the setting that's probably going to, you know, be laid out the, you know, relatively the same way. Uh, I am very excited for this zone and I cannot wait to see it in person. I'm so excited for this zone Um, and this house, the combo one, two is going to be so amazing. All right. um, Let's move on to the last thing that he really deep dived into. And that is the universal monsters unmasked announcement. Uh, John Murdy spent about 10, 15 minutes um, deep diving into what we're going to see uh, in the least of their version of, of this house. And we talked about it earlier on the show. Um, Let's do it. Um, So the first thing that he said is that um, it's going to play tribute to hunchbacks 100th. Um, and it's also, um, Phantom is underground of the Paris Opera House. Uh, and so ours said it went, it went into the Paris Opera House. In his, he says that we're going to be like under, underground of it. And Hunchback is also underground. So maybe we'll get a few different things from our house versus theirs. Um, but he did go into the, the Invisible Man in Jekyll and Hyde or in London, um, trying to like, like Jess said earlier, like r- running from a malpractice um, lawsuit or getting arrested. Um, he also said that there was going to be uh, a torture chamber. Um, this is the part that I was most excited about. He talks about these real life places that I actually was aware of um, called the Cafe del Ellen Fur. Um, it's basically like a, an inferno, like hell themed bar that really, uh, or like that really existed, um, back in Paris or around the turn of the century. We're going to get to see that, um, um, kind of, um, immortalized in this house. And then, uh, this other place called theater. I don't, how do you pronounce this? I, I can't. Pre- Gu- Guignol, I think. Guignol. Guignol. 
Um, yeah, sorry, I always use a Spanish pronunciation, Guignol. Guignol, yeah. I'm just as bad at, at French as Duffus. Yeah, it's a, a, a theatrical, like a like a theater, like a like a um, kind of like the Moulin Rouge, but like more of a dark hell themed, like a Moulin Rouge. That's how I got the idea. It was like kind of like this this um, theater. Um, and uh, then uh, we uh, the f- facade is going to be the newspaper that tells the story uh, and the outside of it is there's going to be a booth that and we've been seeing this booth for a while. We've been speculating what this booth would be. And it's actually this booth is a newspaper stand. Right, Jonathan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh- for a while, a lot of people were saying ticket booth. That even Birdie kind of commented on that in the um, in the actual presentation, which I I find quite funny. You know, we covered this the uh, his tweets in particular uh, pretty much every week. So so to see him sort of comment on the rumors uh, is, yeah. is quite fun. Uh, yeah. But speaking of meta, John Birdie was definitely like, um, almost like he listens to the show. <laughs> he was, he was, <laughs> he was throwing back to some things that we have mentioned, like their birdie tweets. He was like literally talking about <laughs> them in real time on the live thing. We're talking about, he's like, so this, uh, spat that I got into with this person on Twitter, <laughs> like he was literally referring, to some of the the Murdy updates that we had been talked about <laughs> about him being sassy on Twitter, like um, it was a very very funny um, and it's an incredible moment. Like it, it, everything came full circle, you know, from the from our Murdy tweet section to to real life. It was sassy uh, Murdy. Yeah, what was the b- <laughs> big one, Jonathan? That you were just like, you're like, I saw that interaction. We talked about that on the show. We talked about so, it. Was the oh, it was the the mausoleum the mm-hmm. where someone was like impossible. It it, it there's no such thing <laughs> as a as a two story mausoleum. <laughs> Murdy was really upset about that. He got, he brought it up was, like three times. He was really He's a, like the guy was right. The guy was right. It was a two story mausoleum. <laughs> we built a two. He's like, I just want. You know what grinds my gears? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit, even with all this house announce like these house announcements, that might have been one of my favorite moments of the presentation. Yeah. Anyway, back to uh, we have a little bit more go to, into on um, unmasked. So he said that Madam Skeleton is going to narrate the story, um, and he played a, like a little clip. Um, and her mortal state in the house is that she is the rat lady. And we actually got to see um, some photos and videos of this makeup. It is so good, so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I just. If you can't make it out into the Hollywood, definitely do yourself a favor and take a look at some of these photos. It is going to be really, really cool um, makeup and scenic design in this house over at the Hollywood. Uh, and I have a feeling that we're probably not going to get the same narration no. in, um, no. in this, um, that over here. So it's he he seems to be like this really close to his heart. Where I think we're gonna some of these places like um, the Cafe del Infer, 
Um, we're not we're not necessarily going to get those in, in in Orlando. That seemed to be more of a Murdy thing, where like Murdy nerding about history stuff that ne- not necessarily we're going to get in Orlando. Yeah, this is going to go back to old Universal Monsters houses where we kind of do the same thing, but they're not the same thing. You know, yeah. Murdy has his, Orlando has theirs, and otherwise they share a name. And yeah. it seems like that's what we're getting here. For sure. And last but not least that he announced is that the music is going to be by none other. We've had it before. Slash. Slash is going to be doing the the, the score of the Hollywood house. And he actually played um, like two minutes of a song. Um, it was amazing. I, yeah. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so cool. Slash always does great with these scores. And I mean, I couldn't be less surprised that he's doing it again, uh, but I'm equally excited. It fits so well. It's just like um, kind of you could like the throwback French feel with like the heavy metal guitar. Mm. Um, it's just really, really cool. I'm thinking this score just from like that uh, that that uh, song he played, which I assume in every other year he's played it, it's been the facade music. Like the music that plays right in the front of the house, I assume it's that's the facade music as well. It, it kind of like sounds it. like an intro yeah. opener type thing, um, but like that song was great. I, I really hope that the music is more. Me personally, obviously, mu- uh, music is uh, subjective and stuff, but is more impactful than it was in Legends. I feel like the music slash Maiden Bride, like I felt that that was really impactful. Legends, I kind of forgot it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but this uh, this opening score really like is, is selling it for me that this score is going to be something special. It sounded so great. Had a mix of themes while also you know keeping the obviously the the slash vibe going. Um, I'm really excited to see how this house sounds because I mean for a house like this, I feel like music is going to be a really important part in helping. Uh, just i don't know keep the tension uh make it something grand and cinematic uh and really make the monsters uh you know like show these backseat monsters some love uh which i'm really excited for definitely i all right i think we have basically covered everything from midsummer scream um Oh, no, no, actually, there's, no. There's, there's more. There's more. There's there's more. The main stuff. Yeah, we covered the main stuff. Then he had like teased a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and quickly go through the stuff that he kind of teased. Yeah. So he shows a uh, photo uh, that at underneath basically is like, oh wait, you're not supposed to show this yet. This is for a later thing. Uh, you know, fun little tease. Very murdy. Uh, that is Project Eggplant, Larry Larva, and it is a very like. Um, a bug infected face you could say very reminiscent of bugs eaten alive uh but that's because that matches up very well uh with the rumored terror tram theme of exterminators uh which it's, uh, a, it's a lot of hollywood fans will be excited to see uh, come to the event in uh, the form of the terror tram a very interesting concept for the terror tram I, I i'm very interested to see how that works out if that's actually what it is We'll see. My my brother and I were watching the presentation at once, and that that picture came up, and he's like, 
bugs eating alive oh my god never get bugs eating alive and it's you know i i never saw the original uh, exterminators i really don't have any idea of really what it is besides the premise um for hollywood but if it has you know any similar vibes as as uh, bugs um i think that's going to be really fun i think they could do fun things with those uh, you know, the, 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 the sets they have, they can, you know, uh, by the Bates motel, they put little sets and little show scenes. I think they could have really funny show scenes regarding like humans versus, uh, bugs. I think that could be great. Um, and I, I, I love a terror tram that is focused on comedy rather than focused on, um, seriousness. Just like, I didn't love the purge. But I loved uh, Hollywood Harry's version because it was mm-hmm. so goofy and silly. That's my type of terror trend. That's the thing I like. So it seems like it's going in that direction, which is uh, a very good sign for me. And then he also teased a, color, a couple other things. Um, he actually showed us uh, what Bride of Frankenstein in Hollywood looked like uh, without a face mask on, uh, as, of course, it took place in 2021 where – Scare actors were wearing face masks, so we got a full look at that. Um, and he teased that we will be seeing Bride of Frankenstein and La Llorona in the park this year. Oh yes. God. So that so excited. is very cool. Also teased a murder of crows. Uh, you, you may know about the crow. Well, crows from last year. Uh, that has been added onto from the artwork he showed with this as well. Could this be a scare zone? Could these just be walk around characters of some sort? Not sure, but uh, I'm pretty sure they're coming to the event this year in Hollywood. I think it's a scare zone. He didn't quite say it, but it looked like it, he was alluding yeah. that the crows is coming back as a scare zone. It kind of has that vibe for sure. I, it would make sense yes. because after all these announcements, Hollywood still has scare zones to announce potential show. We'll see if that happens. Uh, two houses and the terror tram so hollywood still has quite a bit to get through in their announcement season please have the crows be the opening scare zone that would be so funny like i love like people going into hollywood like i can't like new people i can't wait to see what h in hollywood has in store and then it's just all these crows on these stilt walker crows that are really cool but they're also like huh like this is weird like i don't know i'd like that that'd be funny the crow when the top hat deserves to be in the opening zone. Mm, agreed. <laughs> and then and- I think he said something before um, all this at Midsummer Scream. Jonathan, what did John Marty mention? <laughs> um, he basically, like, it wasn't anything direct, but he, he was really excited about Chucky. Uh, you can even see him get really excited about Chucky when we were in the area of the presentation where he was uh talking about uh the animatronic for la la for la lechuza he got really excited about chucky um during i realized you're referring to something else but i this is something else from it we don't even need mention. it because we already talked about it basically exactly exactly but uh yeah he's uh he's very excited and when murdy's excited about something he uh that usually means the house is is gonna you know like gonna be pretty good uh, or, you know, at least to, to Hollywood standards. So I am, I'm very happy about this because I was worried that Chucky was going to be one of those IPs that Murdy didn't want to touch because I get it. Murdy is, uh, 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 Chucky is a doll. It's hard to translate in a haunted house, 
Hollywood itself doesn't have the best effects. Um, and it's a hard property to translate, but he seems excited. Uh, he kept mentioning it in the, in the, in the presentation a couple of times. And that makes my worries about their version of how they would interpret Chucky, uh, not go away completely, but it lessens them tremendously. Cause it seems like he has a lot of hope for the house. And it's most exciting to me that he decided to specifically bring Chucky up while talking about the Lale Chusa animatronic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do with that. He's already <laughs> as mentioned before. <laughs> he's already mentioned before that the Chucky house will have the most special effects in, uh, like, in the in the events, uh, you know, in all the houses. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, oh god, if they can pull like a maybe like a walking Chucky or a, I don't I don't know, you know, what what they would do with that animatronic, like potential animatronic, but. There's so many possibilities. I am so ready. And prior to all of this announcement of Chucky and learning it's going to be meta, Murdy has consistently brought him up in his tweets. We have been following this story for, like, it feels like months now. He is very much uh, kept talking and talking and making jokes and, and quips about this character. So, I don't know. I, it, it gives me a lot of hope for this house. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I mean, you already had the hope, but I'm happy you have more. Um, I, I didn't have the, the, the hope for Hollywood. Oh, okay, like, fair. I had hope, but <laughs> fair. Hollywood was, I was more scared. <laughs> um, did anyone have anything else they wanted to discuss regarding HHN Hollywood before we move on to one last little thing? No. No? All right. Uh, so quickly going back to Orlando, of course, there have been construction updates Follow us on TikTok at HHN365Pod to really see all that. Uh, really, all we got this week um, was some additional trussing. Jungle props went out uh, and some basic details to trusses uh, in Dark Zodiac. Um, although I think the tents for Vamp69 are also new for this week as well and uh, uh, the designs. So uh, if you want to see that, it looks really cool. Go check it out on our social media, specifically our TikTok. Uh, we do construction updates like once every other day. So. Uh, go check it out. Uh, and uh, really exciting before we say goodbye for this episode, our two and a half hour episode. Uh, from when you are listening to this, or the day we release it at least, 31 days from opening night of HHN 32. And that yeah. is crazy. Amazing. All right. We're going to skip voicemails for this week. If you left a voicemail, um, be sure to hear it for next week we just had so much to cover so uh we're gonna skip that and go ahead and wrap up the show uh, as always you can find us on twitter instagram and and youtube at hhn 365 and um tiktok at hhn 365 pod we have an amazing discord the link is in the description check out our merch shop at hhn 365.com and always leave us a voicemail at 9407-906-4134 um, um, and we'll see you in the streets <laughs> <laughs>